What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. This is episode 37, and as always, this is Adam Schubert, joined by my friend, Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Look, it's it's weird. Weird week this week. Look, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, you guys are hearing this more than likely on a Thursday. Not the normal BW, not the normal Bros Who Binge day. We're usually... What's up, Friday bingers? Like, that's our day. But some shit happened, man, and we didn't want to, like, have news drop on Thursday and then this pod be old and then just drop it on Friday. But, yeah, man, we had to film this a couple days earlier than we like to because I'm, I'm being forced to go on vacation. <laughs> I'm being forced to go on vacation. But, no, it's, it's cool, man, because we've definitely kind of changed up our recording for last week – based on Star Wars, and it's only fitting that we change it this week and talk about more Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, facts, 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 facts. And also, I'm excited for this week's discussion because I know we said last week we are going to do it, but this week we did it because, like, we had like we were like, let's do something dope to where even if there's not new, like, news drops, this will be a dope e- episode for at least our fans. They'll like because they'll get to hear our, our thoughts and our tier list. Yeah, today we're doing the, the we're doing a cartoon tier list and it's excluding anime, it's excluding adult animation. This is strictly cartoons because we, we've been seeing tier lists go all around freaking the internet and like we got sick of it and we were like, we want to make our own tier list and make it a fish. But also we got to talk about Game of Thrones. Like this is a Game dope of episode. Thrones. Like the Thrones is bad. Baby. It has started and it was great. I, I hope the people enjoyed our live tweet. We're going to be Schubert, I, we got to get Schubert more I had into a couple. it next time. Well, well, I mean, it's just I'm I'm watching the show. <laughs> like I am invested in the show. Like you can tell, like my parts of the live tweet was like when it was a little bit slower. Like when Cersei is talking, and my tweet was like, "How does this chick expect this guy to ship elephants across the ocean?" I had more like, that I wanted Westeros. to do. Like this like, is like like could this could you imagine the king of England like telling India to ship elephants to him? No, like she was she wild. She's she wilding. Was, yeah, she was she was on one, and then the internet like embraced the line she said. But I got to tell the internet the reality of what happened after she said that line when we do our review, because just because she said what she said, her actions spoke different than her words. <laughs> yeah, but, man, you can't you can't take any value in the words that she said. We'll, we'll get into it, but I mean, yeah, like, no, we'll get <laughs> just because she says something that might be your new anthem. <laughs> Or your new saying, like, does not mean that that is actually what she was doing. Yeah, no, facts, facts. But Shuby, man, whenever you're ready, I'm ready, brother. Yeah, let's go ahead and play the Star Wars sound effect because it's time to talk about the Mandalorian. Let's go. All right, so Mandalorian, we didn't get the trailer. The people who were there got to see some footage. You were and at we my didn't house get anything. And, and we were watching that. We were like Masters was on the television and like you had, and you had the panel streaming like mid freaking like during the Masters and we were watching and the troopers like oh wait trailer time and then all of a sudden he was like yeah streamers you guys don't get to see this it'll go black but we'll be right back I was like dang that kind of looked and everybody was like ooh it looked beautiful yeah I got it got a lot of high praise for sure. And I mean, you got everyone did get to see the new poster and the pictures, and you kind of get an idea. And I feel like it was great that they brought 
everyone that they did on the panel, they brought uh, Pedro Pascal, who's playing the Mandalorian. They brought Gina Carano, who's playing a human character. Yes, yeah, she is. Which we expected it might have been an alien. And uh, Carl Weathers, who's also playing a, uh, a human character. And we and I definitely thought uh, Carl Weathers was going to be a, a aliens of some sort. Yeah, we <clears throat> definitely thought, you know, based on age that he might be and Gina Carano based on her lack of acting experience. Uh, but, yeah. they, hey, they're both really pumped about the roles that they played. And, you know, we've seen Carl Weathers do great things in movies, so I have, no, I have all the faith in him. Yeah, no, same. And also what makes me excited about this, just from listening to the panel, as much as people think this is Favreau's series, it's as much Favreau's as it is Filoni's from what, I, how, how they talk. I mean, at the end of the day, like, and this goes back to me listening to a bunch of Star Wars podcasts, and a lot of the times I was listening to them were around the time where Favreau was just first getting introduced, and a lot of people were attaching... Favreau to the project is in this is all him he's got all the control when it's really not the case like in a sense I feel like Dave Filoni had more story development control I feel like with Favreau what he brings to the table is a knowledge of new technologies yeah CGI how to set it up and, how to make it look right and gives and you that flow. and gives you that studio name to really carry carry the project yeah where Filoni it would have been his first ever thing so i mean i think feloni is a subordinate but in a sense has all the power yeah no and, i feel like feloni's like learning all the tricks of the trade from fab like i feel like favreau is just here to make it go by smooth yeah and I, I appreciate that and no same we've talked about it before where the directors for each episode are different i mean bryce dallas howard directs an episode taika watiti directs an episode feloni i think three episodes yeah so, I mean, there's going to be other directors getting a chance to put their stamp on this series. So we gotta I'm, think I'm, I'm excited runner, about that. Showrunner is different from director, so his main thing is just to make sure the, the tone is set and like yes. make sure the tone is structured. And who better to do that than the guy who set up, arguably really set up the Disney live action with Jungle Book, like really made it what it was, and also set up the MCU, like, Anybody yeah. would be clowning if they didn't think they didn't want John Favreau going to their favorite IP and setting up their universe. Like he is perfect to do that. No, and like I mentioned with the technology ideas that he brings in, you know, he they talked about it a little bit on the panel where they were thinking more about going back to the more practical effects that made Star Wars great, and they showed. <laughs> some behind-the-scenes work on how they actually did that. And they're using models. They're using puppets. Uh, they're really trying to give it that Star Wars feel that you got with the, with the original trilogy. Yeah, no, they, they're, and they're definitely, like, that was something that Favreau really wanted to accomplish, especially, like, I, we couldn't see, well, you were watching the panel. I was sitting in the other chair. Yeah. But cor correct me if I'm wrong. When he was doing the plane thing, it was like how the, George used to do the old plane thing. And yes. then, but but he added his his new flares to it. Yes, there was definitely more technological advances that had it, it's it's a little uh, mark on on what George had established with using models. And also, but George commented the, on it. Yeah, and I mean that's that's part of the thing too is that they've had such a connection with George Lucas. Filoni's worked with the, Lucas before in the Clone Wars project. Uh. Like we learned in that panel that George Lucas pretty much gave 
Filoni the ability to use the dark saber. Where Filoni wanted to use something different, George Luke, Lucas told him he was like, "No, that's not going to work." And then came up with something completely new for him to use. Yeah. So I I feel like Lucas's impact at first they were trying to keep him at arm's length, and now that people like Filoni have really tried to reach out. I think Lucas is finding a vein to be able to still influence Star Wars. And I feel like yeah. it's, it's only with Filoni content. Like, yeah, I mean, he's I think he was on set with J.J. for Force Awakens. OK, OK. I, oh, no, no. I thought he I thought he was on set at Rogue One. You're right. It was Rogue One. Yeah. He doesn't mess with the he ain't. He, and he and you and think he went to Solo, too. Yeah. He don't mess with. uh. The, the trilogy. trilogy, yeah, he ain't messing with the trilogy. I think it's all the other stuff that he that he did, and like tries to put his little input in. So not his little input. That's wrong for me to say. To put his input into like, if the creators want his input, they'll take it. And like, we saw with Ron Howard, he used it, and I think that helped Solo, and I think that helped Clone Wars to come find out because that blade they wanted to use a viral blade. It makes sense why that wouldn't work, and it makes sense why the dark saber was I'm- created. I mean, honestly, I would argue that those two films feel more lived lived in Star Wars than the new trilogy films. I can, I and I, and if you ask me, what's my favorite Disney uh, Star Wars movie? I would tell you Rogue One. So, yeah, yeah, Rogue so One. So I, so, so I get it. What'd you think of how the characters look? Like, we got a new look at the Mandalorian. We got a look at what Gina Carano looks like. We see that Carl Weathers runs this like bounty hunter gang group. Like, what do you think? How it looked just from the pictures, being a Star Wars fan? Oh, I think it looked great. I think we're going to get to see new reaches of the galaxy. Um, I like that they are as interested in the scum and villainy side of Star Wars as I am. Yeah, this is right. They really want to explore explore that. And you can tell with the way that the costume design is for Carl Weathers and Gina Carano is that it is a little bit... they're, They're not Lando. You know, yeah. They're not wearing capes. They're it's grungy. gritty. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the a really interesting thing that they're probably going to tap into with this is life after war. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of played into a little bit of the attires and the visuals that I saw is, you know, sometimes when you win the war, it's hard to come back to a peace. Yep. And it's going to, to me, you know what that tells me of? It, 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 and they said it multiple times, but... It reminds America post-Civil War with the Wild Wild West. It reminds you of Japan post the Edo Wars and getting into the samurai eras and the, and the lone ronins. This yeah. is kind of – and they mentioned that a bunch in the they panel. They mentioned so, samurai and Wild Wild West a lot. And, and, that, and, and it's funny that you said that because that's exactly the time period that this kind of – it reflects. It's post-Return of the Jedi, post the big war. Where do all these soldiers go? Some were criminals. We don't know some of their backstory. How do you develop a new sense of government after an imperial government? Yep. Where government was all in control. Now you're giving little communities the control. And that allows, you know, that's for criminals to come in and take over. Well, that gives new rise to criminals who want to take over power. Like, yep. A lot of them are already running those cities and or planets, and now they can add official title to it. Yeah, no. So I'm, I'm sure it's going to be all sorts of crazy. Yeah, I'm super, super excited for this. Yeah, I'm really excited. And I really don't – I feel like we're getting that name Mandalorian. And I really don't feel like it's going to play as much in the Mandalore as we're thinking. But, I mean, we we don't know. 
And I think there's still it's, options it's, to explore with that, but I almost feel like this is something else. Just a, a, I think it's just going to be him being more of a Lone Ranger kind of thing instead of like him trying to be like the the Mandalore the champion of Mandalore. You know? Yeah, I'm with you on that because it's funny you say that they didn't they didn't want to mention his name. They just kept they didn't, they didn't mention his name. No, they just kept calling him the Mandalorian. They just called him the Mando. I'm very interested to see who this guy is. I wouldn't be surprised if he, since you say that and, and hearing their comments, I really wouldn't be surprised if this is some sort of Boba Fett jank, some, something in long of those lines or some, or, or related to someone we know that maybe might have Mandalorian connections. But I, don't, like, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be like what we thought, like this is going to be like a Mandalorian story. As long as it's not Boba Fett. Yeah, you don't, you don't want it to be young Bobes? Well, it wouldn't be young Bobes. It would be Boba after he kind of got out of the Sarlacc pet. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. True, 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 true. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be Boba. I think, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Filoni pulls some, this is related to somebody that we already know. Or like a, uh, like a Vizsla or something mm-hmm. from one of the clans, like from Sabine's clan or something like that. Yeah, that's why that's kind of what I was thinking. But that, that's all really my thoughts on it because we didn't see a trailer and this is all we can really gather from what we saw. Yeah, but that's not it for all the Star Wars news, though. Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, it's a video game and this is the bros who binge. But <laughs> Star Wars video games have pretty much become part of the lore and part of the the the, the overall entertainment of star wars i mean you could argue that star wars battlefront's storyline is a movie yeah no no and when i saw this on the thing i was the first one to think oh should we put a video game story in here but i get it 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 it, everything well i mean when you you go out and when you go out and get actor powers like they got arena and uh von car yeah janina janina and her name's hard janina von car did was uh what's her what's her name versio Iden versio yeah, yeah and you know that's that's a, an actress on tv shows that is your video game character and she plays a huge part i mean there's scenes where some of those characters encounter luke skywalker han solo like, yep. uh and, and you got so bozo having, from uh not bozo that's just what me and my friends call him but you got the uh Paul, you got homie from arrow the chief who left Paul Blackthorn. What? Oh, he yeah. Was in, um, yes. He plays, uh, yes. He's yeah, in battle. Yeah. Task. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. But so, so for Jedi Fallen Order, though, we're going to get a single player Jedi Star Wars game. Yeah. And uh, it's starring the guy from Shameless who played the Joker in Gotham. Cameron, Cameron Monaghan. Monaghan. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have saw with all the stuff that he was doing at Celebration that he's really excited to be a part of Star Wars. And I know all of the fan base are really excited to get that single-player story mode that have probably, in my opinion, been some of the best Star Wars games, going back to The Force Unleashed and games oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, Games like this are the best Star Wars game, but I want to bring and, this back to movies and TV. I want to ask you a question. Seeing how excited Cameron Monaghan was, knowing his star power, if this game is successful and if they leave the story open... We see how Disney Plus is rocking. Is it possible that we that we see him come back in an actual thing? Uh, sure, it's possible. That's, that's, that's um, something I just wanted to I just wanted to pose that question just from seeing his excitement with it, him really like 
embracing his character. And if the game is really successful, I don't see why not why they wouldn't bring him back, seeing that his star power's just grown. I I mean, if they did that, I just don't really feel like that would be fair. Oh, you don't want a show like that? Well, I mean, like, if we're gonna if we're gonna put so much effort in the stories for those video games, then and we're gonna just bring them onto TV, then like, why are we even doing the video game? Oh no, no, see, wait, wait. I wasn't saying tell the same story from the video game. I'm saying no, I, I, no, I know that. I'm just saying like, if we're gonna continue it in a different sense, like you should just continue it in the video game. Okay, you say keep it in the medium that it that it started that it originated in. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's it's it's weird, and I I would much rather see an Inferno Squad movie. Mm. Because I read the book, and I mean, I, and I'm sure that this Jedi Fallen Order is going to have its own book series stemmed off of this. Yeah, no, but you're right. The Inferno Squad book was one of the best Star Wars books I've read, and I mean, it does it, it tells a totally different story than what you see in the video game. It's kind of it's a prequel. Okay, so that's where you would rather see this if we're going to take a video. Game well, I mean, concept. that's why I'm saying like it, it's just not fair. Like if they're going to do that, then they need to do something with the Inferno Squad because those stories are great. Okay. And they're just as interesting. I get where you're coming. This is just me being the Jedi guy, like trying yeah. to get more Jedi, trying to get more but, Jedi content. But speaking of taking something from the video games and bringing it to the big screen, Kathleen Kennedy did announce that the Knights of the Old Republic are going to be, in a sense, made into films, or or at least that time period. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just going to use it. Yeah. So. Which is nice to hear. And I mean, we've been speculating for a while we didn't get any announcement of Benny, what Benioff and Weiss is doing but that makes sense because Game of Thrones is going right now they have to be focused on that and like the release of it but I think as soon as Game of Thrones ends we're gonna find out that Benioff and Weiss is, is writing and well, I mean, for them writing, it's over but def- well yeah you're right you're right I don't know why so they're I holding on to that I mean I really wouldn't be surprised if we I th- you know here's here's the deal this is why they're holding off on it because at the end of the day, we have to get this movie off the ground in December. Mm-hmm. And you, the, the last thing Star Wars needs is to start thinking ahead. You're right. You're right. Like, let's just do what we're doing right now. And we already and got get, Mandalorian. So. Yeah. And Cassie and Andor on the way. So there's stuff, there's stuff on the docket for Star Wars fans, and they just need to take it one step at a time. No, I'm because because uh, Mark Hamill did talk about Star Wars fatigue, and you know we see it that no one's re- you could argue that no one's really gotten Marvel fatigue, but I feel like a lot of people are kind of ready for it to take a new direction. Yeah, and uh, you know because you can't do everything forever, and there is going to be a sense of fatigue. So maybe it's it would be good for Star Wars to finish this out, take it to the TV realm, see how that pans out. Bring it back into the movie realm after a short break, and no, take I, and bring and bring it and do something completely different. Give it like a two-year, three-year break, and then come back with Old Republic and shock the world. And granted, that two-year break is not no content. I mean, we're gonna be. I'm talking Mandalorian, casting Andor. Yeah, no, for sure. We still have the TV stuff, and if we, and, and, and we keep for we keep forgetting that we're gonna get a Clone Wars new season. Yeah. And I was gonna say I I'm still of the belief that we're gonna get that Obi Wan movie on on uh, streaming. Oh yeah, I mean I think that that's possible. I, I I really don't know if it's gonna come out before Benioff and Weiss. Ooh, that that's interesting. Over like under it, 
over under 45% where you got the oh, which comes first, Benny Off and Weiss or Obi Wan. Now, granted, I'm not saying the whole Benny Off and Weiss trilogy comes before Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that they start that trilogy pre Obi Wan. Okay, for sure. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, so you, you're taking the under. I'll take, yeah. I'll take the over. I'll take the over just because I feel like as soon as you and McGregor finish with, well, Birds of Prey, and we don't have this on the thing, Birds of Prey is done. You and McGregor doesn't have anything to do right now, and he's only getting older. I, I think we're going to see something happen soon. That's just me. Fingers crossed. I may be wrong, but I'm taking the over. But nonetheless, Star Wars content is living well and good in the consciousness, and it's thriving more than ever. Celebration was a big success. People love the trailer, and people are excited for Mandalorian. So I can't complain. Yeah, that's really all I have about Star Wars. Nonetheless, next up we have John Cusack will star in a regular series. Another name. As Dr. Kevin Christie in Amazon's upcoming show Utopia. uh, Utopia is based upon a, a graphic novel. In Utopia, a group of young adults who meet online are mercilessly haunted by a deep, shadowy state organization after they come in the possession of a near-mythical cult underground graphic novel. They discover the conspiracy theories in the comic pages may actually be real and are forced into the dangerous, unique, ironic position of saving the world. Cusack will play Christie, a charismatic, media-savvy, and brilliant biotech mind who wants to change the world through science. He is the latest addition to the cast after Rain Wilson joined the project to play Michael Stearns and Sasha Lane is set to portray Jessica Hyde. Schubert, how do we feel about this story with John Cusack? Rain Rain Wilson's playing a character that sounds almost too close to Michael Scarn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which which makes me laugh. But, uh, yeah, I think we talked about this before when Rain Wilson and all of them were brought on. Yeah. We just I wanna say I wanna say that we did and we but we yeah, we didn't have that many details, but now we kinda have a lot more. And um I think everyone's kind of transfixed on the deep state in some sense where everyone kind of thinks that there is this deep state organization controlling the world. Controlling the world in a sense, yeah. And to have this mythical element with a graphic novel being at the center of it so it's it fits right up rain wilson's alley and it's just i feel like it's going to be just as much of a comedy as it will be an action series it fits up rain wilson's alley it kind of feeds to the comic book fans out there that there's this comic comic book that can change the world change the world like can you imagine what kind of things that they might use in this show yeah, where could, there might be some so that stuff. well, they could also play off comic book tropes. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's what I that, that's kind of what I did. Yeah, where you could do like your classic heroic comic book tropes in an episode when someone has control of it, or you could have someone who is more into the slice of life sort of comic books, the Archie the, comics, the, the sci-fi comics. You could even do a manga episode where you bring in Japan comics. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I think, th- I think there's a lot of different ways that you can go with this utopia. No, I, I dig it. I'm waiting to see what they bring. And adding a star like John Cusack, that just adds a name to go along with. Along with, uh, with Rain Wilson, yeah. Yeah. No, so I'm really excited for this to come out on Amazon. All right, well, let's move into the box office. No surprise at who's on top, but let's start from the bottom. I wanted to start at six today because I was really surprised to see that Pet Cemetery who is just a couple weeks out of premiering, is uh, at 6th. 
it's a bad time for horror movies, man. Like, we're in spring. Like, people aren't trying to be scared right now. People are trying to, like, go to the beach, like, get ready to end school, like, find love, or, like, getting that spring vibes. Like, nobody's trying to be scared right now. I honestly and, think and that's the, the opposite. Is, like, if they, really with, the fi- with the find love thing, because I always feel like you kind of... I, I, I think that cuffing season starts in October. Okay, you might be ends, right about that. And in ends spring. in February. Okay, I, I, okay, I'll concede that to you. I think. Well, and I'll then once, once, once it starts getting warm again, then all the, all the 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 thoughts and the dicks out there are like, that's oh, what, I need to be saying. single. That's what I'm saying. So, oh yeah, like everybody's trying to trying to bang right now. Like nobody's trying to be scared at a movie. <laughs> yeah. like, people are outside frolicking in the in the in the flowers. <laughs> oh, I mean, we've. This is also a big month of blockbusters. Uh, Shazam. Yeah. Um, Hellboy, in a sense. Oh my gosh! Next week, that that dumpster fire. I'm surprised it's third. Yeah. So number five is Captain Marvel, which I'm not surprised to see it make another jump with Endgame just a couple weeks away. A lot of people still trying to catch it because you can't catch it on DVD. Yeah, Uh, but I feel like it's gonna fall soon. Yeah. No. Once Endgame rolls around, I mean, people, if if you haven't seen Captain Marvel and you want to see Endgame, you should go out and see Captain Marvel. Yeah, you definitely need to. You need to. Yeah. Uh, Dumbo's at number four. I, I was actually Let surprised down. that Dumbo wasn't at six. That's I would have personally thought that Pet well, Cemetery would have been ahead of it, but Dumbo does carry more weight. That's what I'm saying. But, it goes back. But to Pet Cemetery is Stephen King. I don't know. But Schubert, it goes back to my logic of: Is there a family film in the theaters? Beside, like, I know Shazam. People will say it's family friendly, but let's not count that. Is there a family film in theaters besides Dumbo? No, so it's like, oh well, yeah, you're right. Well, little's more of a like a. Like I mean, a, it's yeah, I, it's PG thirteen, huh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dumbo is but, like PG. Families yeah. know the IP; they're gonna go see it. Whereas the horror genre is is only for horror fans and teens trying to go get scared and watch a movie with their their want to be significant other. And I told, and we already said that nobody's going to watch no scary movie right now. People are frolicking in the flowers. Well, then they shouldn't watch Dumbo because I haven't. <laughs> I, I heard it's, I heard it's uh, eerie. Yeah, and I heard it's not that great. It's the the bad Tim Burton. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Hellboy, as we said, is at three. Don't probably, go see that movie. Yeah, I'm probably not going to see that movie. Uh, Don't Little, waste your money. Little's at number two, which is Taraji P, right? No, uh, no, 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 no. It's uh, Ray and uh, oh, I'm forgetting her name right no, now. No, yeah, it's Roger P. Did the uh, What Men Want. Yeah, no, no, no. This is yeah. This is Issa Rae and uh, the girl Regina Hall, right? Girl She's Sh- in that. Yeah, Regina Hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Regina Hall, the main ca- the main star of uh, Girls Trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and then uh, Marci Martin is the young actress, and she's from Blackish. Yeah, she's getting like her movie debut. All right. Well, yeah, I think it's really ironic that this movie's out while Shazam's out because yeah. they both are takes on the movie Big. Yep. In a sense, and this, this is well, this is Freaky Friday mixed with Big. Yeah. Because it's like somebody made a wish, but instead of them going big, they became little. Like it, I, I get Freaky Friday I mean, vibes. Big is the same premise, but no, yeah, you're right, you're right. Makes a I'm wish, like, gets big. 
All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Makes it's, a wish, it's, gets small. It's the black version of, of big. Black women. Yeah. Young. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's a complete reverse. No, I'm, I'm feeling, no, I, yeah. I, I can see that to you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's it for the box office with Shazam at top. Yeah, Shazam's at one. I don't think anyone's gonna touch that until M game. No, I'm I'm right there. Yeah, no, nobody's nobody's coming for Shazam until in game. I hope Shazam cracks a billy before in game. I really do. We'll see. But oh, uh, speak, speaking of though, are you surprised that Captain Marvel reached a billion, a billion and Wonder Woman didn't? Um, no, because of what because of that post credit scene, I'm not. Because Marvel's at the point to where it's like if you want to understand the event films, like you said, you have to go watch these movies. I don't think it's, I don't think Captain Marvel had the impact that Wonder Woman did. And I think that's going to yeah. be cl- clear by. Well, it's not a better movie either. Exactly. I don't think it's a better movie. And I don't think it had the impact that Wonder Woman had because my grandmother cried at watching Wonder Woman. I, my grandmother didn't go watch Captain Marvel, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. women across the world got up to watch Wonder Woman. People went watch Captain Marvel just to find out what happens for the next Avengers. Is that Yeah, I mean, the, the best way to describe the MCU is it's a 22-episode TV Mo- show. Yeah, yeah, no, real shit. More and, than and we're getting to the, the season finale. The finale, yeah. We're about to get to a new season. But it's time for Movie on the Rise. And look, shout-out to our guy, Nola Pelicans Reddit, because he hit me up. He was like, y'all got a new jingle? And I told him, he heard the, <laughs> he heard the thing. He was like, I'm proud of you. He was like, I'm glad you're not singing an auto-tune. And I was like, yeah, man, we had a new jingle coming, but like we, we gotta give with our guy Ian. Like we have a singer, there's a beaten place. I'm just going on spring break. I'm going to the beach. We had to rush this. And, Get your like, beach vibes going. Start thinking that's, about that's, it. That's what I'm saying. Like, just give us some time. Get you a corona. Like, like I know we've been telling the fans, like, give us time. Give us time. But for real, what episode is this? Is this 37? Yeah. Right, I'll make a, I'll make a guarantee to you guys. No later than episode 40, we'll have the jingle. That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. No later than episode 40. It, well, it comes down to Ian, because like, I'm going to give him the beats and the lyrics next week. So, <laughs> All right. Like, it comes down to Ian. But I'm, well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to hope to make the guarantee that no later than episode 40, we will have a movie on the rise jingle. But, Shuby, it's time for movie on the rise. What you got for us this week? Okay. Or you, well, want, or you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Because mine's like the, the ones that are like, whatever. All right, so if you're into documentaries, you're a big sports fan like myself. I really love watching sports documentaries, and I really love learning about new things about sports culture. And there's a new sports documentary on the world of betting. And for someone like me who wants to get into sports betting and who is maybe not as familiar as the next guy, this is a good documentary to understand the world of sports betting, how like how it works and to get into it. It's called Action. It's on Hulu. If you have the Showtime package, if not, it's on Showtime. But I really dig it. And if you have the Showtime edition to your Hulu, I definitely think you should check it out. If you're an anime fan, look, ladies and gentlemen, I know this is an anime talk, but you know me. If I'm not watching uh, uh, Doom Patrol and Game of Thrones, your boy is watching anime. And there's it's this new anime season. We just ended Promise Neverland and Dororo and uh, Mob Psycho. So we're in a new season, and I have to recommend uh, One Punch Man Season 2. And I know people are going to be like, well, Lennon, you've been trashing it on Twitter. Yeah, I've been trashing the animation because it's not that good. But for those out there, I want you guys, because One Punch Man Season 1 had a big impact on the culture, 
now that it's back, I don't know if a lot of people know about it, and I want you guys to make your own decisions. But if you really want a good anime to watch, the, don't watch One Punch Man Season 2. Watch Demon Slayer Kamitsu no Yaba. Again, Demon Slayer Kamitsu no Yaiba. And watch it on Hulu or wherever you find anime. But that's really my suggestions for the week. I got a sports documentary and some animes. That shows where my life is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you said that sports documentary was on Hulu, huh? Yeah. So you, you got the, if, if you have the Showtime edition, you can watch it. Okay. You have, yeah, you got to have Showtime. Well, Showtime if you don't have the Showtime edition and want something to watch on Hulu, uh, Raimi is going to be premiering April 19th. And for those who don't know what that is, it's a... I would I would I would call it a comedy. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a comedy a drama, and uh, comedy, dramedy, and more comedy. Yeah. Uh, and it's Raimi, the son of Egyptian immigrants, is on a spiritually conflicting journey in his New Jersey neighborhood, pulled between his Muslim community that thinks life is a constant test, his millennial friends who think life is full of endless possibilities, and a God who's always watching. I'm you know, interested in this. I'm really interested in this show. I really think it's kind of very similar to uh, to Master and Nun in a sense where it's telling a story from a perspective of someone who is in our society but has a completely different culture. View, yeah. It, it's you know? dope because I agree with you. It's like Master and Nun. It's like Atlanta. It's, it's giving yeah. you a new voice it's it's not the typical friends like we've seen like and, and that's no shot Seinfeld. at like it's no that's no shot at like white america sitcoms it's just we're seeing new versions uh, in different voices of comedy from different perspectives and that's dope i think it's a really good opportunity for i guess the divisiveness of the times of where we're at with understanding muslim culture and community that yeah. this is going to be a really interesting thing to watch because I, I really feel like a lot of people have a sour view of that religion. Oh, and you're or gonna, a, gonna, a you're, biased view. Or a biased view, and you're going to get to see what it's like for an actual American to be living life as a millennial American and also someone attached a to yeah. a, the Muslim religion and yeah. how the, yeah how you wrestle that. And a lot of people will not be able to identify with that. Maybe you you don't know much about the Muslim religion, but I'm sure that there's people who have had parts of their life where they feel like religion's pulling them one direction, while society societal norms are pulling them another direction. No, you're absolutely right. And this would be even if you you don't get that from it. Let's say you're not one of those people. Let's say you and your religion have, have never bumped heads. Let's say you and your religion have always been good. Or, or you don't you, have a religion. Or you don't. Or, or you don't have one. This will give you insight into what, how someone else thinks, and, and even if you don't relate to it, there will be moments in this man's life that you can be like, oh, that's funny, because even though he's this religion and he has this, I can just relate to the experience of having my parents do something crazy like this. You know what I mean? Like there, There'll be yeah. little things that people will be able to relate to, and you'll be able to take away that we're more similar than we, than we like to believe. Yeah, not to get not I, to get preachy on on bros who binge. <laughs> and and I mean, this is going to introduce us to a lot of new actors as well. I've looking through the trailer, I couldn't see a face that I recognized from anything and that's, else. And, and that's great. And I think that's great. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. right there with you. But I guess it's time to because uh, we're going to do our tier discussion right after this. I'm excited for that because 
everybody like I'm so sick of seeing tier lists on Twitter, and I'm glad that we're about to drop a flame <laughs> one. So we're about to drop that heat. But let's, first, let's do Doom Patrol. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. We gotta do Doom Patrol first, and then Game of Thrones, and then we'll get to the tier list. Doom Patrol, we can we can keep it short and sweet. This was a good episode. We fire got episode. See, yeah, real All fire. All time episode. Yeah, we got to go in the underground, meet the different personas, and we got to experience what it's like to be Jane. And we see Robot Man trying to save her. And, and I just thought it was a dope episode. Well, what I, what this, this episode's dope in a lot of different ways. First, yes, we do get to go in the underground and meet these different personas. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more time with some of them because I really kind of wanted to get more of a sense. Like, we learned so much about Penny. Yeah, and we I'm did. like, whoa, like, this is, like, really great. Like, I, I really want to know more. Like, I really want to know more about Hammerhead in a sense, too. Like, Same. And also, wait. You remember when they were talking in the circle? Do you remember yeah. the, Asian, the Asian woman who was all lit up like she was blue and she looked yes. like a, a human side? I wanted to know who the hell that was. Yes. Like, and, it, it, and what's funny is that there that we do learn that Jane has personalities that we've never seen. Yeah. Like Driver 8 is a good example. Like Driver 8 is never going to be at, at the surface. Or or that the um when they were talking in the beginning, and uh, she, yeah, the, 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 the bloody face. Uh, it's something something dreadful. It's Afri- it, and I, I want to say Penny Dreadful, but it's I know it's not that. Yeah, because the other chick's name's Penny. Yeah, exactly. But it, I, it, if you know what I'm talking, she was the one in all black, and she had like X's in red on her eye. Like, who the hell was that lady? Yeah. Like, what can she do? And like, and well, I'm jumping ahead here, but Black Annis. Oh yeah, wow. Like I want to know more about about uh, her, but yeah. yeah. So, but what I thought made this episode so great is that we saw two of our characters break past their what was holding them back. You know, uh, Cliff to where one thing that he needed to accept about himself was that he is not a man, and yeah. the person that he was before is no longer him. Yep, he, he's somebody new. And he came to those terms in this episode, and I feel like that was super important. And then in, for Jane, she had to go to the deepest, darkest reaches of her mind and confront her father, who was yep. her biggest fear. Yep, and that's why she could never accept the chief as a dad. And uh, that's or, why she, or, or Cliff, in a sense. And, a that's why, and that's why when the chief, when she found out the chief wanted to put her in that home... She resisted and she went back into this this turmoil, and that's why she didn't want to come out because she thought, "Oh, I'm dealing with my father again. He didn't love me." And he, yeah. And, and, and to your point about Cliff, after having the chief do that, she just after hearing Cliff say what he said, she thought Cliff was going to be the same way. And he didn't give up on her though. No, he did time. not. No, not at all. Dope episode, real dope episode. Doom, Doom Patrol, man. I, like we said last week, no action, but like they get you on that character development. They really do. But but didn't they set us up for some kind of story that's going to be told later on when Cliff and Jane come out of the coma and they're like, oh, so what happened while we were in there? And they're like, uh, it's not important. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get like what Cyborg, Larry Trainer, and Rita were doing while. Well, Larry Trainer was passed out. So it's definitely just Cyborg and Rita. Yeah, we're, we're going to get what they're doing, what, what they were doing while. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Because Larry, because Negative Man was connecting uh, uh, Cliff, Jane and, and Cliff, Cliff and Jane. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we'll see what, what they were doing as well. We'll probably see that next episode. Yeah, but I love this episode, man. This is... Would you rate it out of five? 
Uh, 4.5, 4.6. I mean, like we, we got the culmination to two big events for two big characters that have kind of pushed the arc in a sense. Uh, Man. Yeah. To say that, to, to speak, isn't it crazy that Doom Patrol gave us more character development and it's expanded its characters farther than Titans did? I feel like Doom Patrol was able to do that because they have more episodes. Yeah, true, they, true, true, true. Because we've had episodes, and I, you know, in a sense, we did have episodes in Titans that kind of dragged, which sucks because like they should have made more use of the little time that they had, where Doom Patrol had the room to have those episodes, and they did. Like they definitely yeah. had those snooze episodes, but I mean, it set up a lot for where we are now. And and that's not that's no shame on Titans because Titans was the first. It was the first one. And it was the first one. Like they had to roll it out. Yeah, and and, and, and I get it. Like I, I, but see, season two, I expect season two to be Doom Patrol level quality and then some. Yeah, which sucks because they're trying to introduce so much and throw in so uh, much. Bro, like, that they like, haven't, and they haven't even done like the base level stuff with some of their characters. I'm just like, oh gosh, dude, do, what do are we, we think, about to do right now? Do we think Titans is like the popcorn show of this of the network? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think we're going to believe that even more once we see the swamp thing, because I don't know, I don't know about you, but like Doom Patrol in a sense has its darker tones than Titans had at all. Like the time where Jane's going into her dark reaches of her mind, like I'm like, damn, this is dark. And I'm thinking to myself, man, James Wan is really about to give us a swamp thing. Yeah, (laughs) no, swamp thing's going to be wild. And I just think as we get into this DC universe, these shows are just getting better and be- like I cannot wait. As much as I'm so excited for Young Justice season two, I cannot wait for that Harley Quinn adult animated series. Oh yeah, like well, I, mean, I think we, that, I think that's gonna be fantastic. I mean, I think they can't do wrong with animated series. I mean, I just can't wait for the Young Justice to come back. Was that in summer? Yeah, in July. Whew. Yeah, and they said it was like they they switched around their schedule because like we're not getting Star Girl till 2020 now when it was supposed to be August. We're still gonna get Swamp Thing uh, where it is, and then we're gonna get Harley Quinn around Christmas uh, between August and Christmas, and and Titan season two comes out between August and Christmas as well. Ah. Yeah, we're getting. So they move back Star Girl. They move back Star Girl to push up Titans. Yeah, that's fine. And I'm cool with that because like honestly. We need that because, like, Star. Well, I'm, Girl, I'm nervous. Star Girl's about to be like your CW show. Yeah, on. no, no, same, same. And I, um, and I feel like that's why they had to make the. They, I feel like with the success of Doom Patrol, I feel like they know what they have with Young Justice. I feel like they know what they have with Swamp Thing. And even though we're we love Titans, but and we're questioning it because of all the announcements we've gotten. But I think they know what they have with season two of Titans as well. I think what they don't know is what they have with Stargirl. And I think I think pushing it back is smart. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that... Because um, right you know, now... You take be, your right, time with Stargirl. Because let's call a spade a spade. Right now, the DC Universe is three for three. I'm going I'm to keep it a buck. They're three, as much as we complain about Titans, when we were watching... Titans, Titans season one was amazing. I loved it. But looking back at it, oh, it had its problems. And it could have been better. I really wish I knew how the perceptive of Doom Patrol was throughout the general population because, like, I feel like a lot of people haven't been able to find it. Yeah. 
some of the names that are attached to it should give some attention. Like if you go up to someone and be like, "Hey, would you watch a show with Brendan Fraser, Alan Tudyk, and Matt Bomer?" They'd probably well, be like, and, "Yeah." And then also throw in the fact that, you, that Timothy Dalton's in there. Yeah. So, so I and that's what I'm saying. They're three for three right now. Why? Why swing and miss? Like you, you you're on the up and up because at first. You got to think, when we first started reviewing Titans, I remember on Twitter, people were like, why am I going to buy the DC streaming service when they can't get their movies together? And then halfway through Titans, I remember seeing like, damn, I got to get the DC streaming service. After Titans, Serena Williams uh, tweets, oh, I'm in love with Titans. I love the DC streaming service. And then after that- Serena Williams? Yes, you didn't see that? No. Serena Williams tweeted like after Titans ends, like while Doom Patrol started, she was like, I just got the DC universe. I love- uh, this new Titan show. Can't wait to watch Doom Patrol. Like, straight up. That's awesome. So people are like, people are finally moving to it and getting past the movies, and it's like, you can't miss at this point. You're finally getting to where you want. And with Disney doing its thing, and Marvel about to really, like, hammer it in, oh, they're, you know they're at war. Yeah, it is a streaming war at this point. It, oh, yeah, we're, we're in the streaming wars it, on all fronts. On mu- music, content, TV and anime. Every it's a streaming war across media right now. In entertainment. And DC's gotta win. Yeah, DC's gotta win, man. I'm I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling for him hard. And I'm pulling for some of my anime peeps out there too. But but that's pretty much yeah, I, I rated a four point five as well. Alright, well let's uh move on to Game of Thrones then. Oh man. and do you agree with the internet that this episode was weak? Yeah. Why did you? And I told you nobody was gonna die. I told you this. What did uh, you expect? I think I, I, I think I'm just upset that of the lack of episodes we're gonna get because they just they're rushing it. You think? Well, I, I don't know. Said, I, the thing I liked about Game of Thrones like, that people would disagree with me about is I liked the long setups. Uh, well, in well, okay. If you like the long setups, then. Do you not feel, because we've gotten promised that the finale, I think minus this episode, is going to be an hour plus. Like, I think next week we're going to get an hour plus, and then, like, it's going to get into the hour 30, and then we're going to get like that. If it's movie form, this first episode's okay, because how do you come out of last season without setting up, okay, are you going to show them walking forever to meet up? Why not just show them just all, why, why not when we get here, everybody's just meeting up, and then we... That's how you set up the first episode. You show all the potential storylines. You show Danny and 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 we show, you show Danny and John. You show Danny and Sansa. You show Arya and John. You show the Starks relationships between each other. You Brand saw creeping. You saw Bran uh, uh, being wild. You saw all kind of like you saw Bran uh, with Bran, Bran is the internet meme this week. Exactly. You you saw uh, some uh, who else? You well, saw? you see Cersei, Cersei in the, in, yeah, and the Greyjoys. You see the Greyjoys with uh, uh, the sister and uh, the Speaking dude. of, yeah. I, te- I sent you that text message. Ma- uh, Mac from Always Sunny, Rob McElhaney. He was uh, one of the guys that Theon kills to save For the real? Yes. That's fire. Shout out, to, shout out to Rob. But in terms of the episode, like, I dug it because, like I said, like, we got episode one. Like, to me, yeah, it's set up. And, and I knew it was set up, but, like. To get episode one that we get John's a Targaryen confirmed. We get Bronn and Jamie seeing each other. You get 
Tyrion is like doing Tyrion shit. Just lo- love to see him back in the mix with the Onion Knight. Them out there scheming that John and Danny need to get married. You need to get married. I dig it. You ha- you see the snarkiness between Danny and Sansa because you know Sansa and Danny about to have beef. <laughs> like I dig it, and I love the fact that John is still the guy that's like, yo, please, 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 for the love of God, I understand all you people have your issues with this damn throne. But can we take five seconds just to look that we have these unstoppable forces that they can turn us all into undead if we don't fight them? So can we please put all this petty shit about an Iron Throne just on the back burner for a little bit until we kill all these For a week. Like, three days. Like, that's all he's asking. Like, everybody, like, I I, I felt so upset that John had to say that three times. Like, he had to say that three to four times. Like, y'all not get it? Like, I get y'all named me King of the North. But God damn it, if I didn't go get these fuckers, there would be no North. Like, all y'all would be dead. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like it's, he, they're like, we're just mad that we named you the King of the North and you left us. Well, if I didn't leave you and I didn't bring this army and two dragons, then you're all going to die. And, yeah. like, and now, hopefully, they got a little bit of proof with that village that decided not to, to join their aid, and they got murked. They got murked, like... So let's talk about some of like the major things I get. Like, are you cool with the the Targary- Targaryen thing? Yeah, I mean we've talked about that being a thing. I mean I'm fine with it. it the only make, thing. That, well, that, where where I'm at is everyone's talking about. Oh, he banged his aunt. Like that's what they're gonna be like weirded out about. No, when Danny finds out the truth, she's gonna want to kill this dude. Yeah, but okay, wait, wait. To that point, let me tell you something. I'm going to ask you a question, and I, and I posted this on the internet, and people hit me back, and they were like, but I thought this was known. But then when I said my point, they were like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, that did happen. It, is it known that only Targaryens can ride dragons? See, that's why I had that tweet. I was like, oh, so you're just going to say nonchalantly that this dude can hop on a dragon? That, and and, that, and I, I thought since Game of Thrones was established, and I might be wrong. And if I'm wrong, you guys who know the right answer, tweet at me. But nobody tweeted back at me when I tweeted it originally. So I thought I was right. <laughs> and so, like, I, I'm pretty sure only Targaryens can ride dragons. And the fact that he just jumped on that thing, that thing looked at him all calm, and Tyrion and everybody saw, nobody said a word. And it just acted like it was normal. That's what I'm that's, saying. Like, that's the only thing that bugged me in the show. Like, why doesn't everyone just kind of know that this is the case now if they saw this dude riding a dragon? Yeah, and, and how doesn't Danny know? Right? Like, she of all people should know because you're telling me Drogo wasn't getting on no dragon. They would, they, like, all Danny's old boyfriends were not getting on a dragon. No. Like, not, all of them would have got eaten. Like, well, who's that dude that was when they were at the slave place? The old Mr. Rico Suave looking ass yeah. boy with his hair? He would have got eaten, like, straight up. Straight up. <laughs> so my thing is this. I just don't want to see my boy John go out like no punk, man. Like, if he dies saving everybody, cool. But, like, I, I really don't want to see Sansa sitting on that Iron Throne because she don't deserve it. I don't, like, yeah, if Danny gets it, cool. But, like, why can't my guy John just be happy? I just want John to be happy in the, at the end of all this. Gendry with his queen Arya. You still on the Gendry kick, but John's the one true king. You were telling me Gendry had the most right to the throne. No, he does not. He has he with if John isn't a Targaryen, he has he has the right to the throne. All right, I'll give you that. But John's a Targaryen, so the conversation is not valid. So, but another thing, uh, you know who I think's gonna die soon 
is old Euron Greyjoy. I think he's about to die. I think he's biting a little more than he can chew. The right one now. that the one that uh was sleeping with Cersei. Yeah, and, Ch- and, and I think Ch- Cersei's gonna kill him. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Shout out to all the women out there who were tweeting uh the the line that Cersei said: "If you want a prostitute, if you want a whore, buy her. But if you want a queen, earn her." Shout out to all y'all who tweeted that, but didn't realize that like two seconds later, Euron Greyjoy was banging Cersei. So like all that talk was for nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All that talk was he banged her with her supposed pregnant body. Yeah, and but then like pregnant. and then and then straight up Aster is like, "Am I better than your brother?" Yeah, straight had the balls to say, "Yo, I I fuck with you." Which I, I, that pre- yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean he's he's dope. Like I was like, he, said, he tells it like it is. But I think he will die soon. Like I don't think Cersei putting up with that too much longer. Or hell, it's probably gonna go chasing after Theon and them again, and they're just gonna have some kind of battle. Oh yeah, I, you're right. But I mean, I think he's gonna stay put. I mean, he's pretty much doing what Cersei tells him to do. Yeah, because he's trying to get that. He's trying to become the king through through, For sure. through sex. Like he's trying to put a baby in her. Yeah. Like like one hundred percent. Anything we missed? Like that that was major this episode. Um, we did not talk about uh, the Night King with. Well, I mean, there's not really much to talk about the Night King. I mean, well, let me, let me talk about. Let me, well, let me tell you my theory. Because I saw this on the internet. I want to shout out my guy Marlon because he pointed this out. Oxtail God, shout out to him, a.k.a. that dude McFly. He was on the pod before. Shout out to our guy from Toronto. We got six ties out here. But uh, <laughs> he pointed out that when they killed that kid, the symbol that he arranged it in was the Targaryen symbol. Which, what? You remember when, they, okay, that kid that, they, that the White Walkers Oh, took, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, when yeah, they yeah, found yeah. him, it was laid out in the Targaryen symbol. Do you think that plays into who the Night King may be or what he's trying to say? Oh, I don't know, man. I think that's, I think that was a really big question. Because like, I, I, I saw on Twitter a lot of speculation is, is he, the, uh, is he John's dad? Shoot, man, maybe. But, uh, I mean, he's riding say, the dragon. I mean, but some people said that like the Night King is older than that. He might be an old target. That's what I'm thinking. I thought he was like almost ancient in a sense. Yeah. So who knows? But I. I but that the way the, those arms and that boy was lined up after they chopped him up, that was the Targaryen symbol. Whew. So uh, I kind of want to kind of want to say a little bit about uh, that scene with Sam. Oh yeah, he got fucked. <laughs> no, sorry to curse, but he got he got done dirty. Yeah, like, well, I mean, honestly, that dude's family did not like him. Oh, you're going that way. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that, too. But, like, yes, it does suck. But, like, he needs to, he's a slow as roll of telling his boy John, like, not to mess with this chick. I'm like, yo, 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 yo. Like, sure, <laughs> sure, like, maybe John wouldn't have done it that way. And maybe Daenerys goes a little bit overboard. But, like, Dude, like, just chill. We have to fight. <laughs> just like what John said, like, can't we just not for five seconds just forget about all this nonsense and realize that we have to fight the army of the undead? Like, John, in John's mind right now, he's thinking to himself, like, I don't care what's going to happen next week. I don't think I'm going to make it to next week. <laughs> to next week, yeah. And that's why the funniest thing on the internet has been, you remember those old LeBron James memes when they when they beat the Warriors 3-1 where he had the cigarette in his mouth and the cigarette in his ear and the meme was like, I don't give a damn about Warriors 3-1, Warriors 3-2, Cavs in six. <laughs> you remember that game? You remember that meme? 
With a box yeah. of cigarette. They've been putting the cigarette in the Night King's mouth and with a do-rag and a cigarette on his ear. And it was like, Sansa beefing with Danny, Danny beefing with everybody, everybody worried about the Iron Throne except John, Night King and Six. <laughs> <laughs> But he, but it's true. Like, why? Like, come on, man. Like, John can't be the only person that's just like, bruh, do y'all really not understand what's going on right now? But I think it's like- I think Bran understands. Well, well, yeah, because Bran's just being the weirdo. In the sense, I think Arya knows a lot more than she's leading on. Yeah, I feel like she is, she understands the situation. That's why she got her sword made, and she's like, I'm going to fight. I feel like, well, obviously, Bran understands the situation because he because he told Sansa, "Can we not do this right now?" He said it too, and but I feel like everybody else, even, except Danny, because she knows because she saw. But I feel like everybody else in Winterfell who does not know what it looks like is having the Cersei thing, where John had to capture that that uh that White Walker and show her so she could understand what was coming. Until Sansa sees what these things look like, she goes to keep acting like this. Yeah, I agree. And, and my God, Sam Ware Tarly, can you please keep your mouth shut and not tell anybody else about John being a Targaryen? Because if anybody finds that out, it's going to just be hell. If it's yes. Sansa, if it's Arya, anybody. Like, I, well, that's what I was saying earlier, where Arya, I think Arya knows more than she leads on. Because in her scene with John, and I want to talk about some of Arya's encounters, because she's also a very interesting character in all of this. Uh, but her encounter with John at the tree. Oh yeah, she she does say. Well, John's like the like Starks are my family. Like I'm all I'm I'm always loyal to my family. And then she says, "I hope you remember that." Yeah, true, 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 true. She might know more. Uh, do you, uh, I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate? Do you think she was just saying that due to the fact that she believed that John's fucking Daenerys? Because that's what Sansa believes. It could be a little bit of both, but you know we've seen Arya find out information and she sneaks around the castle a lot i i wouldn't be surprised if she had her ear on the door when sam and bran were talking yeah ooh. like and bran gotta keep his mouth shut. he got bran gotta keep his mouth shut too because like he just he's just rolling around and like sam well mm. it's time to tell john like who is around <laughs> to hear this guy? like bro like your creepy ass just needs to just chill and i know you got a shit and i wonder if you just shit on yourself with those t- just in that chair <laughs> Nobody has helped him. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, you say that same spot the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but some of the other Arya encounters that I want to mention before we go into talking about the next episode, uh, <coughs> her and Gendry. I know you like that. I mean, I really don't think Arya needs a love interest. Mm, if okay, it, if she were to have one, Gendry would probably be the a really interesting one. Um, yeah, and I think that their connection, whether it be romantic or not, is going to have some, there may be something to play with that later on. Yeah, uh, and you know, speculating to her next episode, she's going to be killing somebody. It looks like so. In, I don't in, know who that yeah. is, and maybe it's the Hound who was the other encounter I wanted to talk about. Yeah, the Hound was beefing with her, and like uh, obviously, I, and she was beefing. I thought they wouldn't have had no bad blood after all that. Like I thought it was over with. But I thought they were going to hug it out. Yeah, same. But I, I mean, thought it was just like, like you Arya's stole from me. No, and she, she, he's still on her list, so we're going to see about that. Something I wanted to bring up is, um, what was I going to say? Oh, and I keep, I always mispronounce both of their names. There's Bran, and then there's Braun. Bran. Bran's not about to kill Tyrion. Get the, nah, dog. No. Uh-uh. If he does that, I'm going to lose so much respect for him. That's his friend. That's his boy. He might kill Jamie, but he not killing Tyrion. 
Oh, he's going to get up there, and Jamie and Tyrion are going to put the, the charm on him, and he's going to fight for against the White Walkers. White Walkers, yeah. You think that? Yeah. yeah, I hope that happens. Yeah, I mean, like, he's going to figure out the situation and be like, oh, well, Daenerys and her dragons are going to come down and kill Cersei anyway. I ain't even worried about it. Are you ready to do prediction time? Uh, well, yeah, we talk, you mean prediction for later on in the series or what we know out of the next episode? Well, I had one for later on in the series. I don't really have too much for next episode unless you got stuff for next episode. I do for next episode, yeah. All right, well, you, you can say your next episode, then I'll do what I think. From looking at that clip about what's coming, what's to come, I'm really interested to see this trial of Jamie Lannister. Oh, between uh, the Targaryen, between Danny and all them? Yeah, I think um, I think Chick needs to get over it. Yeah, because you don't even like because you you don't even like your pops anyway. Because number one, why the heck are we even worrying about this shit? The uh, White uh, Walkers are coming. And also, I, didn't we <laughs> last season say uh, our goal is to not be like our fathers? Right. And so she's like, being I, and she's out here burning people, being like her daddy. So she needs to chill. Yeah, she got to chill pill. And, and Sa- so, Sansa needs to chill too. Yeah, Sansa needs to chill too. Because like Sansa right now is my least favorite. Like I like Cersei more than Sansa right now. Because at least Cersei, Cersei just chilling. Like out of all the people, I would expect to, to like not care, like to to be like, oh, like oh, this Night King shit. Nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rocking with this. Daenerys here, we are gonna take advantage of them fighting these Night King. We gonna we gonna we show them what's up. But Cersei understands that like, okay. Let's see if they win, and then if they win, they'll be depleted, and then I'll strike. Like at least Cersei has her priorities in order. You know what I mean? Like she's well, she's like she's like I'm either gonna I'm either gonna let them duke it out with them and all die, and then we'll we'll figure out who how we gotta beat the Night King. But if she has any sense, it's like okay, well if the Night King goes out and kills everyone in Winterfell, well their army just doubled. Yeah, true. And then like and they have three I, dragons. I don't know what you're gonna do with the with them elephants versus them dragons. You don't even got the elephants because you couldn't ship them over the water. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So no, you're right. But at least, but my my point is, at least Cersei sent Jamie, sent some people, and they doing their thing. Like at least, at least like she not bothering bothering them as we know of as of now. While everybody at Winterfell seems to have a stick up their butt and don't doesn't understand that the battles are coming. Yeah, and I guess the other thing I wanted to say about the next episode is it seems like we're moving fast, where I think episode three, we're going to see the battle against the Night King, third episode. And that goes to my my speculation for the series. I think they're going to lose the first battle, have to retreat somewhere, like like, uh, the Great... Like King's Landing? Yeah, probably King's Landing, and then we're going to see the real final battle. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you I, think I, I almost think in a sense like we'll we'll get this battle for episode three, four, and then the, let's say they win and Cersei comes after him. Like if, if that's part of that's gonna be part of this. Yeah. Who like do, do, having them I, I, having to turn around and I don't and see fight. the Night King I don't see the Night King losing round one. Fair. You think? Like I, I feel like I feel like they, they have to like I don't know, man, because the Cersei thing is interesting. Like, but I mean, like, if they lose that battle at Winterfell, then you're gonna have to kill at least half the characters. Oh, and that's my thing. I, that's what I was about to say. I think Tormund's done. I think the nigga with the fire sword is done. I think yeah. you lose one of the Starks, like not John, 
maybe Sansa, depending on how the story goes. But I don't think we lose an Arya. I think Gendry might go. I think Jorah Mormont is done. <laughs> like, like Grey Worm might be like I, I'm with you. I think we lose like half of the niggas. But I think like the main people that stay are like okay. Well, I, I'll take my Sansa start coming back because I, I can see the Onion Knight dying as well. I think we keep Daenerys, Tyrion, Jon, Bran, Samwell, Sansa, and Arya, and maybe maybe uh your boy uh Gendry. Nah, I Eric, think I did toast. Well, huh? I, I, you might be right. I think everybody that's not one of the big name people are toast in that. I, th- I think Jamie is safe until he kills his uh, sister. Yeah, I think Jamie's safe as well. I, like, yeah, I think all the big name actors are safe. I would, I would say so. I think they're gonna keep those big names in as long as I can. Yeah, as long as exactly, because if you kill one of them, yeah, it'll be shock value for the week. But how do you move on after that? Like, is is, is Brian dead? Who? Oh, Brianna Tarth? No, she's alive. No, she's alive. No, she's alive. Yeah, she and Podrick are out there somewhere. Where are they at? I I think we might see them come in episode two at the end. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, because we're supposed to be getting some Brian Jamie stuff, too. Yeah, no, we are. And I can't wait till Jamie meets back with Tyrion and they have another conversation. I think, in a sense, Jamie might need Brian to stand up for Uh, him. For the trial? Yeah, because, like, she has an ear in Sansa, and she'd be like, well, Sansa, like, you know, I really trust him, and I feel like, yeah. blah, blah, and that might And that, that might be able to bridge some fences between Sansa and Danny, maybe. It might be through Brienne. I don't know if a bridge between Sansa and Danny might split them apart even more, where Sansa's, like, pushing for, we need him, forget about your... Past. past discretions with him like oh, all that's doesn't... gonna do is all that's gonna do is bring more problems to my boy john that's all that's gonna do i know and his and he's just gonna be sitting here just like oh my god i'm gonna we're all gonna die <laughs> yeah. like i don't care about this lineage thing i don't care about this <laughs> battle for these thrones like we are literally about to die and like john is falling hours. in love he has fallen in love lost his love is like and died at the hands of these things you don't think john trying to just beat these niggas asses and just call it a day like, 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 I don't, like, I don't think John is worried about sitting on that iron throne. It's like Sansa's having a conversation with him. Like, Sansa, like, can you just wait like four days? Like, let's just, like, please, please. Like, there might not, you might not be alive. Like, there might not be a world. Like, <laughs> like I get you don't like Cersei. I get you trying to make your moves. But can we please just take care of the problem at hand? Then I will give you all my attention to take care of Cersei. Like, we'll worry, we'll worry about that later. But right now, we got too much on our plate. That's why I'm still saying Night King and Sink, baby. I'm with the tweets. Like, <laughs> everybody worried about all these problems. Night King out there smoking a cigarette. I'm coming. It's six. <laughs> I mean, you do bring up an interesting point. Like, in all kind of great stories, you, you take an L. But yeah. I almost feel like the L was the wall. But I, I just feel like for this season to matter, they have to take one L. Because, like, I get people will say they, they've been taking L's the whole show. But, like, for the season to really, like, hit the, hit the right way, they have to take an L right away. And, and that'll galvanize them to really, like, come together. Because right now they're individuals. And they got to become a team. That's true. So, and I wish they had a little bit more buildup for that. But they're going to have to get their shit together quick. Yeah, no, they got to get it, like, we're going to have to see that get together within the next three episodes. Uh, within the next episode. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> but what would you rate episode one, one through five? 
four. Or are we are we not gonna rate the Game of Thrones stuff yet? Are we just rating? Oh, you gave it a four. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm giving it a four as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and just get into discussion because we talked uh, a lot of Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah, facts. All right, let's get into our cartoon tier list. This is a shot at all you tier listers out there who are making these cartoon tier lists. This is the official bros who binge tier list. Me and Shuby, we, we had some arguments, man. Me and Shuby had, and, and you'll hear them when we talk about it because Shuby has his thoughts on some shows on this tier list. And I have some thoughts on some shows on this tier list where he may think some shows should be higher and I think some shows should be lower in reverse. So this is the best we could have done where we agree. This is the list that we agree upon because if you ask us our individual, some things would be different here or there. But for the most part, this is our official tier list. And I think the only place out of all this that we could probably agree on all of it is the S tier. Yeah, so this is our rankings, S tier. We're doing... If you play, if you know how Japanese ranks things, if you know anime si- ranking systems, if you ever played an anime video game, uh, you don't get an A for a perfect, you get an S. S tier is what we will describe as the perfect cartoon. S tier is either, there's some, there's different shows fit the qualifications, but for example, either the show it has a perfect run, its rewatchability is perfect, it, Timeless. it, it was canceled. It's timeless. Yeah, if it was canceled too early, it's just because the, what was given to us was great, and if we would have gotten more, it could have been great. But basically, S tier is the the ultimate cartoon at this point that you could watch at any point in time, any age, and you'll still love it. So that's S rank. A rank is a, a a solid cartoon. This is like if S is perfect, A is like excellence. Like A is like okay, these these cartoons ain't nothing to mess around with. They just have a couple flaws here and there, and that's why they're not S rank. But don't get it twisted. These are great cartoons as well. B rank is just your solid cartoon. This is this is where we have a majority of our titles, and this is just a good cartoon. It's not good enough to be S, but it's not bad enough to be considered anything lower than B. So it's a lot of the shows that you kind of would watch when you were a kid, and it was like you were watching TV, but you were actually kind of just like staring at the TV with your mouth open. Well, no, 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 no. That's C, Schubert. No, I, no. I mean, like, I honestly think that you know you were entertained by a lot of the things with B, but like at the end of the day, they're not. They don't blow you away. Yeah, and some of them don't home up, hold up today. Like some of them hold up, but some of them don't. C tier, and we didn't do anything lower than C because we didn't want to badmouth any of you guys' favorite cartoons. But C tier for us is like below average. These are just like cartoons that. Me and Schubert feel like some may be B, but for the most part, we can agree that they they don't hold up enough to be B. They have problems. Like S tier doesn't have problems. A tier has very, 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 very little problems. B tier has minimal problems. This has this this is the tier with the problems. Like these are cartoons that we just think are eh, like duds. Yeah. But we didn't want we didn't want to say anything was D or F or trash. So we were, we were being nice to, because we know how this is. Like, when you're growing up, everybody has their favorites. And, like, Schubert may like something that, like, I think is trash. Or I may like something that Schubert thinks is trash. And we didn't want to do that. So we just put those as C tier. So we have S, A, B, and C. Schubert, how are we starting this? Are we starting this from bottom up or are we starting this from top down? Um, I almost think that you should start from the bottom up, huh? Start from C? All right. Well, let's do it. C tier. Uh, I guess I'll read a tier, you read a tier, uh, I'll read a tier, we just alternate. 
So our C tier starts off with Legend of Korra. I know Super feels a way about this. So go ahead, my friend. What, what, tell the people what you what you feel about Korra. Uh, I mean, I thought Legend of Korra was a solid addition to the Avatar franchise, where like you're putting it as its own entity. I've never thought of it as its own entity. I've always thought of it as an addition to what's already the Avatar The Last Airbender, almost like a new season. See, to me, I feel like this is... it. For, for example, we don't have Young Justice in this list. For one, it's too new, and Schubert, your argument, I agree with. I, I pose that argument here. Young Justice Season 1 is, is its own entirety. Yes, they bring the characters over, but like you said, it seems like each new season is its own show. And for that matter, yes, Korra... Well, their name, too, yeah. Korra, to me, felt like its own show. It, it, it didn't feel like Avatar. It felt like it was trying to capture that magic where it... it Sometimes it may have, sometimes it didn't, and I just don't think that. Showed. I mean, it, f- it felt like Avatar that moved up with the times, like it was fifty years later. Uh, I don't know, man. I just I can't rock with it, and I know I've told uh, one of our friends and yourself that I'm rewatching it. Maybe when I rewatch it, we'll have another conversation. But as for now, I can't put it higher than C because it's problematic. And and it's world building for the um, for the uh, the the spirit the world. Yeah. Great. I mean, like the spirit so like world that? stuff was was awesome. Yeah. See, see, I didn't like when they fused. So, see, I gotta rewatch it because I didn't like. I, that's when I fell off. Like when they fused the spirit world, I was like, oh my gosh, dog, come on, fam, what y'all doing? This, but I gotta rewatch it, so I'm not gonna hate on it. What's some of the yeah. reasons why people should like Korra? Uh, if I mean, if you really like the lore of Avatar: The Last Airbender, then this is right up your alley. I mean, it's just pretty much stemming from. That same world. That's why I said that, like a lot of the spirit world stuff was interesting because a lot of it came from what we already had established in Airbender, and it kind of played on it more. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we only get more controversial from here, especially with our next one, because people are going to be like, "Damn, I got this in C tier," but we got it in C tier. Jimmy Neutron. I mean, I'm rewatching it right now, and there's some episodes where I'm just like, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that one." I don't know, and, and and to me, the animation quality doesn't hold up. I'm not a big fan. At the time, it was nice, but right now, it's but like I, yeah. Right now, it's like uh, I'd rather watch the 2D. Exactly. So, and also some of the story, like the characters were endearing enough, but I don't feel like this is one of the shows where, if you watch it as a child, you're watching it in the future for nostalgia purposes. I don't feel like you're you're just putting on that cartoon at at random at your crib. And I honestly think the movie's better. Yeah, same. So that I, I just don't have an affinity for Jimmy Neutron. Next up, I have affinity got, for the movie. Yeah, same. But the TV series. Yeah. Next up, we got Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Schubert, you said this should be in C tier. Why do you think this is a C tier cartoon? Well, you know, since we didn't do a D or an F tier, um, <laughs> it kind of messes it up because, like, I felt like Foster's was kind of that middle of the road cartoon. Uh-huh. Where like there were some episodes that were amazing, like the episode where Mac gets the second imaginary friend cheese. Oh yeah, that's one of the my favorite cartoon memories as a kid. Uh, watching that episode, I thought that episode was hilarious. So they definitely had their really cool moments and introduced you to a, a lot of really interesting characters, and it had an interesting kind of world building sense to like a world where imaginary friends existed. I mean. It's kind of something you always kind of imagine. 
Yeah. And it, you I, know, it was it's definitely an interesting show altogether. I I just especially as it progressed, it kind of started to fall off. That's a, that's some of these things for cartoons later on the show. If it starts off hot, that's great. But see, you if you have four seasons and season one is great, season two halfway is great, and then halfway it falls off, and then the rest is like, man, you I can't consider just because you have one great season and three bad seasons, I can't consider you B or A tier. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, what Fosters did that I guess I guess they had to do it, but I don't know if it was probably their best move, is that they, they tried too hard to push along strong narratives of like, oh, well, this person's got to leave, or like, this person's got to do this thing, or like, the, these people are feuding now. And it was just like, I mean, if you just kind of kept the storyline of oh new friend this is how this is the hilarity that ensues but like they just there were so many times where like oh mac and blue are are may not be Even. friends anymore yeah <laughs> oh mac may never come back oh mac may not make it to, to one day that means blue might get taken away like it was just too much of this back and forth and of the where same i feel like their strong thing. their strongest episodes didn't have anything to do with like their main mac or blue yeah well i mean I wouldn't say that, but I mean, like, it wasn't about, like, their back and forth. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Next up is one that I didn't want to put in C-tier because I don't think it's truly a C-tier cartoon. But I understand why it's here. And due to the fact that it's a new age cartoon, some people might not get into it. But let me give a preface. When I was freshman year of college, sophomore year of college, I remember waking up Saturday mornings hungover and there was this new show on Cartoon Network that was really bright and it had a talking cat and a talking fish and I was like, what the hell is this? Let me turn this off. I'm hungover. Why am I watching this right now? But lo and behold, yeah, what are you? I'm about to say the name, but lo and behold, I wake up and like, I'm just hungover and like I'm eating some pho and I'm watching this show and I'm laughing and I can't stop laughing. And I understand why because it has some cringy episodes and cringy moments, but for the most part, when they connect episodes and they make like tying episodes in together, I think that's where it's at its best. I'm talking about the adventures of uh, Gumball Waterson. Man, see, and I I know some people think it's N. Like some people think it's N. But shout out to my my friend Rip because uh, we love this show. Like it is. It's so much like if you want to talk about under like uh it's the amazing world of gumball. If you want to talk about uh undertones of adult humor and like t- and parroting like pop culture, oh this show is it. And like it really, I felt like it was a show that felt like it could have been in our time growing up due to the style of humor that it is. I would agree with that but for ne- later Cartoon Network shows that we're going to talk about, but I wouldn't say it for that one. But I, I, maybe it's because like what you were saying that really hit for you was it's tie-ins. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of people that started at the same age that you were trying to watch the show, I don't think a lot of people would have glommed onto it, you know? No, like that I was, know. That was me. Like I, I've watched the show maybe one time, and I was like, this is not for me. I do not like this. No, I, I get you, and like, and those tie-ins are like if specific things to pop culture, and if like you're fans of that, that's why you would like that, and that's why we have it at a C. Like, it it's not one like that connects with everyone, but like if you if you feel this specific type of humor, it will connect with you. 
But next yeah, agreed. up, but next up, this is controversial as hell. And I asked Hubert twice, are we putting this in B? Are we putting this in A? He was like, nah, dog, this is going in C. Oh, man, I'm so scared to say it, but whatever. Tom and Jerry. Schubert, tell the people why we got this at C tier. Yo, it's legitimately the same episode every time. The cat <laughs> is chasing the mouse. <laughs> Some like, people might say there's nuance. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it's been running for so long, and... I'll tell you, every time I was a kid staying home, uh, sick from school, at 11 o'clock, I was watching Tom and Jerry. Same! But, I mean, like, at the end of the day, when I'm thinking about it as a quality of a cartoon, it's a quality of a cartoon because it has carried on for so long, even though those aren't new episodes. I mean, it's just carried on. Like, they just keep playing the same old mouse chase, <laughs> getting chased by a cat. But they, and when they try they, to update it, it never works. Yeah, I mean, like, they tried to do those Tom and Jerry movies, which I thought were trash. Same. Because, I mean, like, I don't need any more plot but besides Tom wants to eat Jerry. And, and the Jerry thing is, when they try to do those away. movies, when they try when they do those movies, they try to make them fight at first, and then they, like, have to be friends to, like, take down whatever. Like, it, the movies never work because, you're right, the premise is always, how will Tom eat Jerry today? Yeah, I mean, it's like if you wanted to have Sylvester and Tweety team up and be Lethal Weapon. It's like, why why are we teaming up? Our two uh, <laughs> enemies are like Roadrunner and Coyote. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm like. But I will Road say, Tom, and Coyote, True Detective season four. No, like I will say, Tom and Jerry has some iconic episodes. Like when Tom, the cigarette that's a meme right now, where he rolls it up as a cowboy and he lights it and <laughs> says Howdy. Oh, when he's singing, uh, will you be my baby to the cat? Like when he's like playing the, the uh, I guess the uh, the bass or the, 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 the it was the violin. cello. Yeah, he's playing the cello. He's like, will you, won't you be my later? Uh, that great episode. I'm trying to think of some more iconic Tom and Jerry. There's so many, but there's some stinkers as well. Because it's the same show, like you say, over and over. And, it's, and I, I, I liked your argument that you said off air where it's like, Bro, I would not watch this show for like quality and to keep up with it. I just why if it was on, it was just good background noise. And I don't think that's, that's why I have it at C because like you know when you it, when I'm thinking of like quality of cartoon, I'm not going to be like uh, I'm not going to sit around in a circle with a bunch of people that are debating like great cartoons and be like, oh man, you know it was like one of the greatest cartoons ever, Tom and Jerry, like the episode where like the cat chased the mouse and got hit with the ironing board. That was just epic. <laughs> like, <laughs> And to be like, oh, uh, you mean the episode where he gets hit with the pink ironing board? No, the one with the black ironing board or the red ironing board or oh, the, the one with the dog with Butch. Every single episode is him getting hit with a iron, a brick, or an ironing board. I guarantee you, one of those three are in it. You know, you're right. You're right, and that's why it's at C. Next up for C, we have Johnny Bravo. Schubert definitely thought some of these are never pretty. won. Schubert definitely thought some of these should be there. Look, Johnny Bravo, it was a it, it was an entertaining cartoon when I was twelve or like eleven. But like as you get older, that that shit fades. Like because like all he's doing in two thousand nineteen, Johnny Bravo is not an exception. It's pro- it's it's problematic, yo. I didn't even Schubert. I didn't even think about that. Johnny Bravo is so really? toxic. Like it's no, toxic. yeah, it's so toxic. Oh man, that's true. But at least the women slap his ass. Yeah, and beat him up. 
So and I actually, I, my mom actually thought the Johnny Bravo was pretty hysterical. We used to laugh no, my, about it. No, I, my mom. That's one that my mom would watch with me as well. But I can't put it higher than C because do you have like for me with these cartoons everything that's higher than C? And I know we've given some memorable episodes for some of these other shows, but I don't have a memorable memorable episode for Johnny Bravo. All it is is him with that with that girl or his mom and saying, "Hey, pretty," or "Hey, lady," and just getting slapped. That's all I remember. I, I, my favorite episodes with Johnny Bravo were his crossover episodes. Oh, with like a, when he crossed over to Dexter's lab or. Oh, OK. Something yeah, I, thought like that. To, I thought you were talking about to talk about the new age ones with Carl. No, his, na- no. his nerdy neighbor. And Loki, they said there's a because you want me to give you a conspiracy theory about Johnny Bravo? Because sure. most of these cartoons have some. But Johnny Bravo's conspiracy theory is that in one of its episodes, it has in the preview of the movie screen. What happens at 9-11 a couple months before 9-11 happens? Oh, I think Ooh. I heard about that one. Yes, that, that's a conspiracy of Johnny Bravo, but it's C-tier for me. It's it, it, like, can't put it higher than that. Next up, we got Invader Zim. This is one that I know people like, but as a child, there are certain cartoons that just felt weird watching it, and this was one of them. Yeah, I never really got it. I think it's more of a cult thing. So, I mean, for some people, this is probably something they would put in S tier. Maybe and I'm sure that it has, like, oh, yeah, or an A tier. I mean, I'm sure it has, for that niche group of people who really love the series, some really redeeming qualities. I just don't have any that I could tell you right now. Same. And look, I know when people hear our A tier and our S tier, there's going to be two names in there that I know for a fact people are going to be like, bro, why y'all got that as A and S? But those are shows that we feel... We're part of that cult fave following of that, so I understand the Invaders M cult. But for us, couldn't put it higher than C. Yeah, Next like up. if if someone came with a list and they put Invaders M at like their A or S, like I would believe it because like I know that there's people who highly redeem that show. But I mean, this is my this is our list. I mean. Yeah, this is exactly like there's a, there's a B tier show that people are gonna be like, bro, that's an S S tier show. But as a child, I did not watch that show. So, like I, like Schubert said, this is our list, goddammit. Next up, we got Rocco's Modern Life at Rockin' C-Tier. This is one of those Nickelodeon shows along with Angry Beavers that was just like, all right. Like, I, I guess I get it, but, like, I'm it has really It has some it. funny adult undertones. Oh, it Like, does? He, okay. he works at a, um, a phone sex operator. Oh, Like, that's damn. his job. Oh, I need to rewatch that, dude. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of funny. And okay. I was, it was a show that my parents wouldn't let me watch when I was a kid. Yeah, no, that's one of those ones where, like, I had to sneak to watch it. Yeah. Okay, so, ne- and then the next one we have is, this is one Schubert made me put at C. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't come, don't tweet at me, tweet at him. Because I'm just, I, Invader Zim, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like this show at all, I'll, I'll I, be honest. This one is a, this one has a cold following, and some people would put this as A. This is Cat Dog. You didn't vibe with it. How, how can the cat move his hands and the dog still be standing like when one of their faces hit the ground <laughs> he's standing on his hind legs i don't ask questions it's, it's cartoon I, I don't know man i i i, I didn't like it i didn't like the show <laughs> i didn't like, I didn't like Look, the next show either i like the movie of this like the, the cat dog movie i thought was pretty good but was that, was that a feature film or was that made for TV? I, I think it was feature. I think or it like was D- too. Or like DVD maybe. Like I don't think it was like a cartoon. Like because 
you got to think in the cat dog era, Nickelodeon was putting out movies because they had Rugrats. Well, they had Rugrats. Like, they had Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold, yeah. And those are sure shows we will get to later, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think we're putting that in C tier. I spoilers ahead for later. But no, um, yeah, I, I think it, I think it was DVD release, straight to DVD. If I'm not mistaken, okay. but I'm not sure. But cat dogs at C. I can't. I, the only memorable episode of this show I can give you is the one where when they when they want to split when cat wants to split apart and they look at the different like new butts they can get when they go to the butt replacement shop and i was i just thought that was a funny episode and i was like man dogs really should have just left that nigga because cat did not appreciate him sure but that's uh that's our next one and we only have two left the next one is cow and chicken Schubert man. did not like this show i thought it was, I thought it was I, I did, funny i did like the theme song oh the cow and chicken yeah I thought it was funny. I thought the little devil creature was kind of funny. This one definitely oh, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. This one definitely like you want to talk about undertones. This one had sexual undertones at the wazoo. Oh, and, and I don't I don't know if this show could be aired today. I think this show might be pro- like talk about Johnny Bravo being problematic. This show, I don't know how the gay community would respond to this show. That's fair. So um, this show could be considered problematic, but and they might embrace th- th- This was another one of those shows where it did did the crossovers with Johnny Bravo and Dexter. Yeah, it was. The, in the final show we have in C tier, and this is the the other one that I know, Invader Zim, I think, would be third. Cat Dog would be second. And I know this one has a cult following, but we Shuby did not like this one or the spinoffs or the show that originated this. But yeah. The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Which you didn't, I didn't like, like it. You didn't like it. Billy was dumb. Mandy was <laughs> too mean. And the Grim Reaper is 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 not he's not a protagonist i'm sorry <laughs> i i, I like i i will say i i like the evil concarnate shit more than i liked uh billy and mandy no i thought that was trash noon <laughs> I'll, I'll give them credit some of the best games on cartoonnetwork.com spawned from those shows yeah no facts i'll give them that they had good video games but yeah that's that's all we got for c tier schubert you take it over for b tier so B tier, we said, are kind of like the shows that we think are good to good to watch on any given day, but it's not the upper echelon. I would say these are like these are like the shows that everybody remembers, and they're like when you think of best cartoons. Oh yeah, that was great, but like I'm not gonna turn it on, turn it on. Right? Today. Yeah, like these are shows that like when you would think of S rank cartoons, I know people would say at least like six of these that we have, and this is our biggest list because this is like. The average to the average to right below above average. Like this, 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 this bracket is a big bracket. Yeah. So put it where, put it wherever you want. I and hit me up on Twitter if this is the case. But how many of you are going out and watching Dexter's Lab? And uh, look today. Like, I love, you know, I, I love Dexter's Lab. Same. Like, but I'm not asked, watching it right now. You ask Dexter's Lab had some of the greatest things. Like, let's not act like the Avengers. That Dexter's lab had was not fire with major glory, uh, fucking. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a reality show. I love not, rea- it. not reality, a uh, variety. With uh, the the Thor with the monkey. Man. Yeah, man, I everything that Dexter had was so good. But the problem that we have with some of these shows is when they go into their new run, the new run does not equal the old run. But Dexter's old run was so good that like. You have to put it at, you can't put it lower than B, but I don't know if you can put it higher than B because are you about to turn on one of those old episodes of Dexter on right now? And I don't know if I am. 
Yeah, and it's kind of had like these kind of weird tones to it. Like there were some times where I'd watch Dexter's Lab, and like I wouldn't feel like a beat. You know, it was just kind of yeah. just weird. It was a weird show at times. So like, but like, let's not act like Amelie du Flamage is not iconic. Let's not yes, act like yes. um, when he gets oh, when when so when many he, meme. Memes oh, no. and and, uh, and, uh, and gifts have come from Amelie du Flamage. And then, like, the episode where <laughs> he goes to Japan and, like, he uh, he has his Megazord robot. Like, bruh, anytime he, he brought out his Megazord robot, I was digging it. Like, all that stuff, man. That was dope. But, I mean, like, DD's iconic. Mandark's Dark's, iconic. Yep. Yep, Mandark is. And the monkey's iconic as well. So... I mean, look, this this show is great, but for the what we have in A and S, I don't think Dexter's Lab can compare to what's coming later down the line. That, right. That's the that's the case for a lot of these B shows. The next B show is actually one that I'm watching right now, and something that I pitched to uh, be a film, Danny Phantom. Do you think it holds up still to this day? Uh, I really think it. I think it almost does more now than it did then because of where we're at with superhero culture. Oh, okay. You think it was a little before his time? Yeah, because it, it is, in a sense, a superhero cartoon. Yeah, he's a ghost superhero. Yeah, he's just a ghost superhero. And so as a superhero cartoon, it it holds up. And for the Butch Hartman humor... That we got in the Fairly Odd Parents, it stems over in this Danny Phantom show as well, and that that's where you kind of, it's iffy for me. Like sometimes the humor is just, eh, it's. Too it doesn't mean. hold up. I, I just I'm not always a huge fan of just the goofy dads. Like you know how Jimmy Neutron's dad was just like obliviously stupid. Yeah, like, same with Timmy's. Danny, and same with Timmy's, and it's the same with Danny's. Yeah, the, like in a sense, I just wish you kind of, you had some character parent characters with a little bit more depth. I feel like that. I don't want to insult Bush Hartman or his his familiar relationships, but I feel like that's the experience he had with his dad, because that's a constant in his cartoons. Maybe that's maybe that is the case, and that's part of his art. So I'm not yeah, gonna no. knock him on it, but I mean, like you know, I I sometimes I I don't want the goofy dad. Like no, those I'm jokes don't always hold up. But look, Danny Phantom was was fire, and like like we he said, there's nothing wrong with being in B tier. It's just you're no not, nothing. You're not you're not A, a, a or S. Like I said, I'm watching this right now. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, next is SpongeBob, which is going to be very controversial. Look, I'm gonna say this, and this is why I made you. This is why I I was the one who put this here. So at me if you want to add me, but no one can tell me there's not a difference between Sp- the first four seasons of SpongeBob and everything else. No one can feel like it's com- it's a completely different show. Like, if, if you're if you're quoting SpongeBob, you're quoting SpongeBob from pre two thousand eight. Yeah, pre two thousand. I'd say from two thousand two thousand five. Like Max. yeah, probably so. Like Max, like like in in SpongeBob was one of those ones where like I, I have episodes where I remember the nematode one where SpongeBob gets the spatula, or the the one where him where Sandy's hibernating and him and Patrick are Dirty Dan, and, and everybody knows that episode or. Where uh, SpongeBob is doing at Muscle Beach and he rips his pants. I want to wake up in Texas. Texas. Yeah, Everybody, like you know these. Can we say things. that trees in Texas are dumb? But my thing is this, like, and this is the reason why some of these shows did not make it to B list 
And SpongeBob, and this is the same thing with Dexter. You can't take away SpongeBob's iconicness, but I can take away from the downward spiral in the show. And I know some people would say, bro, you just outgrew it, but the consistency wasn't there. It just wasn't. No. Quality of show. And And nobody can tell me if you're 20 some years old, you're about to watch SpongeBob right now. I feel like um, after the movie, I guess, it was when it kind of went downhill. Because I, I would say the SpongeBob movie landed. I thought it was a good movie. Interesting. See, maybe I'm just not you a SpongeBob You don't like guy. the SpongeBob movie? No, nah, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm a goofy goober. You're a goofy goober. We're all goofy. Nah, dog. You can keep all that shit. I mean, it's 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 a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I'm not, I'm not going to come out here and defend the quality of the SpongeBob movie. But I mean, like as a, as a Nickelodeon movie, it was okay. Uh-huh. Not as good yeah. as the movies of the next show we're going to talk about. Man, the, the next show, uh, I would, you, I Again, would probably love, very controversial. I would love to put this show at A. I really would, but I feel like nostalgia really holds this show in high regard because I don't know if I'm about to watch the show with the babies. Like, I really, like, nobody's watching the show right now, like, except kids. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the, the really hard thing. It's like, I'm a 20-year-old man watching a show about babies. Like, it, it, and, and I was the guy who had all the, like, Rugrats Go to Las Vegas was one of the best movies. Vacation is all I ever wanted. Like, I, I would watch that movie in my mom's car on every video. The like, orange VHS had, tapes. The, the old VHS, I had all those Rugrats. I was the biggest Rugrats guy. And when they did All Grown Up, I was like, yeah, I'm growing up with them. But it just didn't which is a show we didn't put on here. Which I, let's just say that it stems with Rugrats. It's an attachment. Yeah, and I, like, and I feel like do you, do you feel like that elevates it or pulls it down? Um, I feel like it elevated it. Ooh, interesting. Um, I feel like all grown up is given a bad rap. Maybe it, it could have been done better, but I feel like the, the characters developed into people that I kind of assumed that they could have been. From based see, on the, the original series. See, maybe you're right. I think it did get a bad rap because Except I'll I say, think they made Dill too weird. I'll say this. I liked the all was a grown up. I liked the all grown up spin-off episode that was on Rugrats where it was a dream. And I believed the characters. But when they got their own show, I didn't believe them. And that's when I like uh, all right, it's time to grow up, get out of these cartoons. Yeah, like I'm not gonna say that it was the best done show because there, it was kind of and, but I did appreciate getting to know what they could have been like if they 100%. were grown up. One hundred percent. I feel but, you, my I, the controversial thing here is how did you feel pre Kimmy post Kimmy? Ooh, I like the addition of Kimmy. I really did. I, I thought like, it worked. I like Kimmy too, but I feel like the episodes trailed off. But that wasn't necessarily her fault. No, no, yeah, I think that I think that was the show's like it, it reached its climax after having a big movie with Paris, and I just feel like they didn't know where to go next. Yeah, but I felt like the Kimmy character was good. No, yeah, I liked the character of Kimmy, and I thought it added and I, and, I, and I liked the Paris movie better than the first movie. Dang, you like Paris more than uh? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, more than Las Vegas or more than Reptar? When when, when the they, Reptar they, one, Rugrats the movie. Okay, yeah, no, I like the Paris one more than the Reptar one, too, where they get lost in the woods. Yeah, I don't like that one that much. The yeah, the Paris one. Because I was about to say, I thought you were talking about the Vegas one, because I like, I think the Vegas one's the best. Yeah, the Vegas one's dope. I, I keep forgetting that that's a movie, because it's just a made, you know, it's a VHS, straight to VHS movie. No, and the yeah, other two I, were features. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Oh, we never mentioned wild thornberries, which I guess we could probably say would probably be in, in this range too, with based on what we're saying. But I remember when they had the Rugrats and Wild Thornberries movie where you had like a scratch and sniff. Oh yeah, that was yeah, crazy. Yeah. But see, I, I, we didn't put Wild Thornberries in here because neither of us are fans of it. We didn't want to insult anybody. Either. I actually really did dig the Wild Thornberries. I just kind of forgot about it. Oh, for real? I, see, I wasn't like that. Was one of the show that gave me weird vibes. Like I was, I did not like the little the the, the monkey with the little boy and then the uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Uh, but I'm not a big animal guy either, so like that that could probably be to it too. Okay, and when I was a kid, I was big on animals. Like I also really loved that show Zaboomafu. Oh my god, no, bro! I'm not a big nah. That, yeah, that dude, was I was big boy. into animals when I was a kid. Okay, I get it. All right, but yeah, next is the Powerpuff Girls, which Look, I guess is again controversial. <laughs> I think all of our B list is controversial, like real shit, because like like it's pretty said, much we- all the stuff that like deserves to be recognized as a good show, but it like it is. This is and a, they like, are like I think B tier is good. Like B tier, the definition of B would be good. The definition of A would be excellent, and the definition of S is perfect. I think what hurts Powerpuff Girls is trying that comeback they tried to make. A lot of these, a lot of the B tier is what hurts it. It are the comebacks. Yeah, I think they tried to bring back something that was already dead. Yep, and I and I and I think switching the animation and just like it was per and, like. And There's nothing wrong with showing your like showing people the old shows. Like, for example, when are they, I, when are they gonna cash in on the live action Powerpuff Girls? Oh, I could believe it soon. I just I think it depends on that. Like, they better not miss the superhero boom because if they wait too soon, if they wait too late, it's gonna miss. And I just think they need to capitalize it with female superheroes getting the their just due now. I think this would be a perfect kids cartoon for like little girls or like a perfect movie for little girls. Oh man, I just don't know if you can make it live action. I feel like yeah. if it was live action, it would look like either Spy Kids, like or <laughs> you know Shark Boy, Lava Girl, or uh, or like a really lame Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> but like if they did it, if they did it like Scott Pilgrim, it'd be great. See, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dislike it if they did it like Scott Pilgrim. But if they did it like Shark Boy and Lava Girl, oh my gosh. Ugh. But what we got next, Shuby? Oh, well, I mean, I, Pop Up Girls has memorable episodes. Rowdy Rough Boys. I loved all their villains. I like Pop Up Girls. Has, is, is a they good did premise. have a solid group of villains. They really like, did. Like each Mojo one of them Jojo. had their had their menacingness. Him like scared the, the shit him out of me. Scared, yeah, him scared the shit out of me. Mojo the, uh, Jojo's the, great. I love the Rowdy Rough Boys. I love the uh, yeah. gang Green Gang with the uh, the one who uh, B- uh, Blossom, not Blossom, Buttercup fell in love with. And then they had the uh, Amoebas, who were like the mobsters who really couldn't do anything. Yeah. So solid, 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 solid uh, villains list. It's Pop-Up and, Girls, good show. And the next one is kind of one that also scared the shit out of us, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Couldn't put this show higher than B. Just couldn't. Didn't, because didn't we couldn't like, really watch it. Yeah, it's not. we're not, we're not like, uh, freaking we're not horror people. people. But I get why some people would have the show at S or A. For sure. I mean, it was probably, I mean, it was completely well made. Like, some of the the animation, like some oh. of the things that they did with those creepy characters was crazy. And they made you really creeped out with some of the animation that they did. I don't know. They were taking some, they were taking some leaps and bounds with this show. Solid, solid show for people who like horror stuff. But from Schubert and I, it can't go higher than B. Yeah. Screw useless, man. That guy was useless. 
Eustace Bags. Booga, 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 booga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next is uh, one that uh, uh, probably because it's old is why it's down is as down low as it is now. Spider-Man, the animated series. Oh, is that next? Yep. Oh, for real? Oh, I thought you were Oh, Superman, kidding. Superman. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about Spider-Man first. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, I think, out of all the Marvel shows, I think it's the... Some people would say X-Men, but I think this one is the one that's most well executed. And then by the later seasons, you're getting, like, the multiple... Like, this show actually pulled off a multiverse Spider-Man. They had Fantastic Four in it. They had Iron Man. You had Captain Doctor America. Strange. You saw the X-Men. Like, this show really built Peter Parker up from the beginning. You got to know its villains. They had the Sinister Six. This show had everything you wanted. Dope theme song. But when you compare it to the superhero shows that were going on simultaneously at it, it's no higher than a B. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was going on in the 90s, mostly. Yep. And you know and, what it's battling. Yeah, and it's competition that on the other side. And this includes the next one we're talking about was definitely kind of putting it putting it to bed, you know. Yeah. Uh, no. We're going to talk about Superman now next. And Superman yeah. was in that same kind of era. But Being that you didn't you don't like Superman as an IP. Well, not that you don't I, like it. You're just not a big fan of the Blue Boy Scout. Having rewatched the animated series recently, how do you feel about it? Well, it doesn't change my opinion of the character of Superman, but I really enjoy the series. Like, you know, Superman, I mean, just because I, I don't necessarily, he's not my favorite superhero doesn't mean I don't like his stories. And I think his villains are great. And that's, it's pretty much the same animation as the Batman animated series. And it kind of goes through some of the same storylines. And Shit. Superman has some as compelling super villains as Batman does, and they're even more extreme because they're Superman's villains, and they have to be. The problem so, with the Superman show is the Batman show, you don't ever have to worry about having a slow episode, even if it's not a big-name villain. The fact yeah. that Batman's still a human, you can get away with like telling a compelling story from a different angle. Superman, on the other hand, they had to nerf him in this show to where like regular people with guns could maybe affect... like You know what I mean? Like, Super like if if you look at the Superman show, there should be no reason for stall ever. Well, yeah, I mean, you had to, you couldn't really have an episode that didn't have someone huge. Yeah, and I think a lot of the episodes that excelled for Superman ended up being the ones that had other members of the Justice League. No, yeah, like some of his best episodes were the crossovers. Some yeah, his episodes with Flash, his episodes with Batman, his episodes with Tim Drake Robin. To me, the the Superman Batman crossover of the Superman anime series and Batman anime series arguably is still the best uh, Superman uh, Batman team up movie of all time. I agree. Yeah, that's a really awesome. I love the uh, Batman versus Superman for Lois Lane. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, that was beautiful. Well, we can talk more about that as we get later on in the show because i know people will, will be like i know what you guys got up up there later so we'll get we'll get to that later and then you but, should you should say the next two because you know these two more than me all right the next one is one that like i at me as a fan could not exclude these i wanted to put them as a but i understand why you can't put them as a and like 
But I, I will say this. I, I, as a 20-year-old man, I will watch some of these episodes of these shows to this day. So this one, and I'm going to say three because there's another one that I just didn't – I forgot to put, and I'm going to just show it love at this point. But Darkwing Duck, man. Look, I know kids out there, some of you may not have had Toon Disney because Toon Disney was, like, weird. And I was an add-on, yeah. I remember when I went to Disney World for the first time with my parents when I was, like, six – I remember my I was turning on the TV and they only had Disney Channel stuff in like ESPN and other things. And like I was in the bed flipping through the channels and all of a sudden this I was on Toon Disney and I hear Darkwing Duck. I, I hear the iconic theme song. I, I see this superhero who's a duck who has who is basically Batman. And I'm, I'm enthralled from all of his villains, like the mouse with the electric stuff on his head, reverse Darkwing Duck, who's like yellow with red. Um, I'm trying to think of all, like, it's been a while since I watched the show, but his Villains League was great, the story was great, the supporting characters was great. I believe, who's the duck pilot from uh, Tailspin, or from one of those other shows? Whatever McQuaid, the the, the, uh, the duck pilot from McQuaid, I, I think he's in DuckTales. Whoever the pilot is, he's in Darkwing Duck. Like, it's a connected universe to the DuckTales show in a similar fashion, and I just really like Darkwing Duck. I think it's a solid, solid cartoon ahead of its time because if it was out right now in the superhero age, it would kill. Oh, I bet it would. And I think it would be beneficial if Disney brought it back on Disney+. Plus. They try. I'll say this. They tried to, like, in, in the new DuckTales show, it's kind of like a variety show almost. And you remember how Animaniacs would have, like, the Animaniacs stuff and then have a Pinky and the Brain episode in the middle of the show? Well, I mean, like Dexter, too. They tried. They tried to do Duck, Darkwing Duck, bring it back in that way. They had one episode with him. I don't know if they're having any plans more than that, but they definitely did that in the most recent Ducktales show. That's cool. Yeah. So at least he's still living along in that show because he's a he's a great character. And then the next one I have is Gargoyles. Look, if you're a '90s kid, you know how much you loved Goliath. You love. You know how much you love the 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 uh, Gargoyles. Uh, if anything, you wanted to have the, the one that ran on the ground who couldn't fly as a pet, like, the Gargoyles were great. It was fantasy mixed with, like, like it, 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 because they were Ireland's, like, protectors. It's fantasy mixed with, like, New Age stuff. And it was very, for Gargoyles is a dark show. Like, that's something that I would expect to be on, like, I, would, I just wouldn't expect it to be on Disney, and I just think it deserves praise. No, it, it shouldn't be higher than B-tier, because, yes, it has some, like, some slip-ups, but... It's a great show, and it is definitely a B-tier show, and I got to show love to Gargoyles. In the final, unless you, be, you got anything to say before I say my final? Uh, I don't I remember Gargoyles too too much, but I remember, I do remember it being dope, and I remember that uh, I didn't really have Toon Disney, so I didn't really get to see a lot of it, so... Yes, I think I was, it was always to. It was always the one I kind of clamored for. Like, I was like, oh, man, I really want to watch... DuckTales. I really want to see like the Aladdin, Twin Pumbo, stuff like that. Yep, and that was on Toon Disney, and Gargoyles was one of those shows. And the final one I'm gonna mention is a Cartoon Network oldie but goodie. And I can actually say that I, 20, 24 year old Lyndon will definitely on weekends. I, I've I've binge watched through this whole show, and like if I ever in the in the vibe, I will watch it again. Mother. MFing SWAT cats, baby. If you you had to be a, you had to be a late night Cartoon Network junkie post Johnny Quest before whatever Adult Swim used to be. Oh, uh, Johnny Quest. We didn't have uh, it. On that, yeah, S. Yeah, Johnny Quest is OG, but 
if you remember SWAT cats with uh Ryder, I believe it was it was Tiger and uh Ryder, it was, I forget their names, but man, SWAT cats was amazing. They had no powers. They they didn't they weren't super all they had was their they had super, planes. They had their badass planes and their grappling guns on their suits. They were and they would fight for uh Mega Cat Mega's Cat City and they would fight like all these crazy villains. They had they had a Joker villain like they based one of the villains off of the Joker. They had a mad scientist Lex Luthor type villain. Like it was just I love SWAT Cats. SWAT Cats the Radical Squadron. If you have VRV, you can watch it. It was with uh T-Bone and uh Razor. Yeah, T-Bone and Razor. I love this show, man. So and they were and they uh used to be enforcers for Mega Cat City and like they became vigilantes and they started just saving the city. It gets very monotonous and repetitive because it's like villain of the week and you get to see different things. But like if you get endeared to the show, you will like it. And that's why it's at B tier. But back to you, Shibi. SWAT Cats was amazing. Yeah, man, I definitely love SWAT Cats. But uh the next one on the list is Fairly Odd Parents. And look, I know people will be like, how is this not S A? I don't. I just don't think Fairly Odd Parents holds up to this day. Well, really, and it's another case of it went on a little too long when they like brought that, in Poof. I think and, that was the problem with Nickelodeon. And Nickelodeon. I think they, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I think they may have oversaturated the Jimmy Timmy crossover. Yep, they did a lot, and I think whereas Cartoon Network has a great, and I know some people will fault them for this, but. Cartoon Network's turnover rate, if a show's not working, they're getting it out of here fast. And they don't let shows overstay their welcome. Uh, but at Nickelodeon, they have these iconic IPs, and they keep trying to retool them. And every time they brought in a new cartoon, like the Penguins of Madagascar or Barnyard, they were basing it off of DreamWorks stuff because they had to deal with DreamWorks in the mid-2000s, Kung Fu Panda and all that was in there. And, and yeah, some of those shows worked, but for the most part, they weren't developing original cartoons. And I feel like that's why these well-beloved SpongeBob, Jimmy Neutron, and Fairly Odd Parents, they had a regression because they kept trying to retool them for a new generation. But when they were made for the generation where you can make sexual humor jokes underneath, and those shows, I don't know if they work without those jokes. Yeah, and then you had the Drake Bell, Timmy Turner thing. I just oh, think yeah, like, that kind of messed it up. That live yeah. action shit. Yeah, I think Fairly Odd Parents just kind of beat themselves to uh, to death. To death, really. But look, some iconic <laughs> episodes. Nobody can de- deny Chip Skylark, My Shiny Teeth, and Me. Nobody can deny um, uh, I, Jorgen von Strangle. Jorgen von Strangle, yeah, that was great. Um, the other song that I remember all the time is If You Don't Want Your Summer To Be Lame and Icky, Pick Up The Phone And Call Me, I'm Vicky. Oh, yep, that's a solid song as well. Yeah, I was that was one that I remember. Definitely Shiny Teeth and Me. What's the other Chip Sidelark song? Uh, Icky Vicky. Icky Vicky. Yeah, Icky Vicky. Remember all that shit, man. That's what, so, like, that's what I'm saying. The B tier, like, we keep saying this, but I have to keep repeating this. The B tiers aren't bad shows. They aren't. Oh, the episode where Jimmy, or not Jimmy, Timmy goes into the, uh, the video game. Great. Yeah, that, that, great, was, great. that was an iconic one, too. And, okay, I, love, but and yeah. I love Cosmo and Wanda. Yeah, Cosmo and Wanda are great. I'm the, When it got crazy was when they got too far into the fairy world. Yeah, that's when it got wild. Like they, they Because they set up... See, the thing is, they set up rules early in the show, 
And then they tried to retcon those rules when they were like, all right. And then, and then they had to re-explain how they retconned the rules and by making it, more rules. And it, it just didn't work. Like, <laughs> and it just like, it got confusing. Yeah, it really did. But, yeah, man, fair out there. All right, next is um, a kind of a newer age one, Phineas and Ferb. Yo, this is a good show. Like, I, I, I like it, Phineas and Ferb, yeah. It was past my generation, so I saw it when my brother was watching shows on cartoon, on Disney Channel. And that was one where I would be like, when my brother would watch television when I, when he was like a young boy and I was that teenager, I would always take the remote from him and be like, bro, turn this shit off. But that was one where I wouldn't turn it off. I would be like, yo, this is kind of entertaining. No, Phineas and Ferb is pretty cool. Perry the Platypus was definitely a fun bit in that show. Yeah, with Doofenshmirtz. With Doofenshmirtz, yeah. Um, Candace was always annoying, but I mean, you know, Phineas and Ferb would do some pretty cool stuff, and I think that they did a really good job building the characters outside of the group, too. Yeah. I kind of really cared about those other characters, too, like Phineas and his girlfriend, in a sense. Um, their friend. Banjeet. I love, I love Their friend, Banjeet, and uh, the bully guy that was also kind of like their friend, in a sense. Oh yeah, I forget his name, but yeah, he Buford. Like, Buford. Yeah, he was kind of like the bully, but he was still their homie. Yeah, he would just pick on Banji. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, um, solid show. Next is ooh one that is a lot of people are probably gonna hate us for Rocket Power. And look, it was great, but can you tell me iconic episodes from this show? And can you tell me? Do you remember how the show ends? And can you tell me what happens in the show other than the fact that they're skaters, surfers, and snowboarders? Uh, I remember and, that they hung out at Tito's shop. And I always want to eat Tito's food. That's what yeah. I remember. But other Tito. than that— Tito. Tito is my you, boy. If you can't answer those questions for me, then you know why it's B-tier. That's why. Shoebies. Shoot, yep. Shoes. And they fucking squid. And uh, that show was great. I, I, Otto was the man. Twister. Yep, young Twister. And his si- I forget his sister's name. No, he had a brother named Lars, and then uh, Otto's sister was Reggie. Yeah. And their dad was Raymundo. Raymundo, he was the man. Yeah, like the, some of the episodes that I do remember is uh, when Squid first learns how to surf, and he has that long surfboard. Oh yeah, um, the, the first couple episodes was him getting accustomed to the gang and like learning how to skate and surf and all that. Yeah. And yeah, it was a pretty cool show. It was a pretty, it was definitely awesome in its time. But I think like we kind of get lost in it because it was kind of just a oh cool look what they're doing, cool tricks, and you don't really remember any of the major plot points. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's why it's at B tier. So next we have. Two superhero shows, Static Shock and Teen Titans. And that's not Teen Titans Go. No, 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 no. Both these shows, iconic, both don't hold up to this day. For a superhero show to make it to A tier and S tier, they have to hold up to this day and still impact like they did. Static Shock's animation is, is, you might say it has some, it's problematic. And Teen Titans... The story we've seen better versions of that of those characters, and honestly, Young Justice is a better show than Teen Titans. One hundred percent, yeah, I agree with that. I think um, Teen Titans took the idea of using these lesser-known, younger DC characters 
And then Young Justice did it and did it way better. Yep. And Static Shock introduced us to like a new, the Milestone universe and introduced us to a great African-American superhero. And I loved his crossovers with Batman and Superman. But in terms well, it was of, that it was a bridge in a sense. And But see, the thing is, they didn't know they were going to connect it at first. Like they thought it was going to be something separate, because if you know about DC Comics history, Static Shock is low key, not a DC character. Static Shock is a milestone character, but it is owned by DC. But it's another, like it's another, like it's like on the side, and like that's why we haven't seen much new Static Shock stuff because he's a milestone character. Oh, okay. Fun, fun fact, yeah. Some, some fun facts. Know. Yep, we out here, baby. But but yeah, Static Shock came at this time where it was post Bat Batman animated series. We kind of had the Justice League. Post that Batman start- Beyond. It was actually even before that Justice League started. Yep. And so it was kind of that in between with Batman Beyond where we were kind of for the people who were loving superheroes that was kind of who you had during 2000 that, that time, was yeah. 2000, especially because, especially because we were like, oh, we didn't know if we were going to see the Batman animated series crew again. We didn't know if we were going to see some of these people again. And now Static Shock is is teaming them up and we get to see the Joker, Superman and by the time Static Shock is finishing its run, the actual Justice League so it was just dope that we got to see this kid, Victor, grow up. I mean, not uh, not Victor, Virgil. Uh, we got to see Virgil grow up and then, like, team up with his heroes. It was dope. Like, it, it was dope how it worked out. And I'm glad that they've brought him back in the Young Justice show. Yeah, shouts out, because Virgil needs some love. And uh, anything left to say about Teen Titans? Nah, nah, because Teen Titans, like... I, I, and I know people love this show, but if you look at Teen Titans and then you watch Teen Titans Go, you can't tell me those shows aren't similar. If you look at front, like it, it's the same like plotting. The only thing is Teen Titans Go took out the action to add more comedy, but the comedy aspect of Teen Titans is still th- like that. Teen Titans Go has is there in Teen Titans, and I tried to rewatch Teen Titans like a couple of months ago, and it just it, it didn't feel the same. Yeah, and maybe Teen Titans Go kind of messes that up. Not because Teen Titans Go is bad, but because Teen Titans Go is good in its own way. Yeah, it's like it, it, it because the humor of Teen Titans is the same humor in Teen Titans Go. It's like the action's not as great as a Young Justice or some of these other shows, and the storylines aren't Batman the Animated Series level. So why am I watching it? You know what I mean? Like I might yeah. be watching Young Justice, and that's not to hate on Teen Titans because it got me through a period of my life where like there was no superhero like. This was a dope superhero show. Red X Slade loved all of that, but I just thought they could have expounded more on like some of their storylines instead of being focused more on the humor. Definitely. And I think people really kind of fell in love with Robin with this yeah. show. Yeah. And like seeing him in Teen Titans go nerfing Robin. Like, yeah, that and that you're right. Robin was the best part of Teen Titans, I'd say. Him and his stuff with Slade. Yeah, when it comes to story. Yep. I think a lot of people liked uh, Cyborg and Beast Boy the best, but I think that's what carries over and makes Teen Titans Go work, too. The relationship between Cyborg and Beast Boy. And I think what kind of hurt, I think what hurt Teen Titans low-key is Trigon. Like, I think when they went into Trigon and making Slade come back to, to life and putting the Trigon thing, like, all that shit was too much. But I get you have to tell the Raven story, but they just did it in a in a way that was like a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I and I don't know if I could believe Robin is like fighting, messing up Trigon with his bird orangs, 
and like you exactly. know what I mean? like it just it was just like weird. The same so. thing that we were wondering how they were gonna do with the live action. Yeah, we still gotta see how they finish that off. Exactly. But let's get to A tier, and then me and Shuby will alternate saying the S tier. A tier is first off, we're starting off with Ed and Eddie. What a great show by Cartoon Network. Yeah, I I think that this show was it was a it was kind of a controversial show because it was like yeah let's just scam a bunch of people and <laughs> get money for candy. Yep. Which it was kind of messed up. And I feel like that's why a lot of kids weren't allowed to watch this show. But I dug it. Like, I loved it. The humor, Ed being dumb, seeing what type of schemes they were going to get in. The neighborhood kids. Like, I love, like, Kevin, Nas, the, love you love yeah, them Yeah, the character building in that Ralph. show was what made it the best. You had, Johnny. you had Rolf, Johnny, Plank. Yeah, Plank. Jimmy. Plank's, Plank's iconic. Like, I, I've seen lots of, uh, like, fraternities give pledges a Plank. That's funny. Uh, I, th- I think who else was in that besides oh the 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 Kanker sisters. sisters. Gosh, that was hilarious. And I was I always thought like man, the Ed should just maybe go hook up with the Kanker sisters. Like what's like <laughs> maybe like they're the only people showing them love. Shit. And what's really funny right now. In what I'm currently watching, like I've been watching the Trailer Park Boys. Ah, and the Trailer Park Boys, I get so much vibes of Ed and Eddie. Not that they were like in a in a trailer park or anything like that, but like that whole kind of vibe of the cul-de-sac being like a community. It's like that Trailer Park was like a community, and then there are these like three guys just going around scheming, and one of them's really dumb. you, You want me to give you the conspiracy theory of Ed and Eddie? Uh, yeah, I think I know what it is, but get, let's go ahead and do that one. The cold, the cul-de-sac is purgatory, and each kid represents a different time period throughout history. History, and when the show ends, it you see Eddie get tempted to go to hell from his big brother, but he finishes with his like he sides with his friends, and when the show ends, that's when they go to heaven, and that's why you don't see any adults. Interesting. Like Ralph is from the twenties, like a farmer from the twenties. Eddie's like a, this shot caller from the 90s. Like uh, Jimmy and Sarah are the kids from the 50s. Naz is like the, the 60s, the, 70s flower. Kevin is the 80s. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, Ed's the 60s. And freaking, like each one, each one represents a different generation. Interesting. Uh, some of these conspiracy theories are crazy, man. About yeah. these cartoons. I well, I think we skipped one. Like I think the Fairly Odd Parents had one, but oh, about I don't how really Timmy, remember that like, one. Like, like about how Timmy like is in a coma. Yeah, and the Rugrats had that similar one too with Angelica. Oh yeah, how? Oh wait, the Rugrats one's scary. It's like Angelica was in a coma, and all these babies are like her imagination or some shit. Well, they were like, yeah, like. Tommy or whatever was a reimagination of a child that was like miscarried or something like yeah it was they, something ooh. sad and weird and then and, and everybody's seen that, that creepy pasta Squidward shit <laughs> <laughs> that shit is wild <laughs> yo yo <laughs> what is like we gotta get off let's get back to the list cause All we right. can go on and on about these cartoon conspiracies Let's go. Uh, the next one's okay. Hey Arnold. Yep. Uh, what, what, more, what can you bet? I, is this the best Nickelodeon cartoon? Um, 
Yeah, but besides, no, besides no, no, the one on S tier? Yeah, besides our S tier one. Yeah. But in, in terms of cartoons, this show, yes, it had its humor, but this was one of the preachy shows that, like, didn't feel preachy. But it taught you a lesson. It did Every teach time. you lots of lessons. Like that Stoop Kid episode, bro, just get off the stoop, Stoop Kid. Go live your life. Yeah, Stoop Kid. Stoop Kid's afraid to leave a stoop. And I just love that, like, we got to see a relate, because as a kid growing up, like, seeing Gerald and Arnold's friendship was dope. Yeah. Like, they Gerald. were truly friends. Definitely. And they never really had, well, they had their one or two episodes where they had, like, a beef, but Other than for that, the most part. They were homies. And then, but, then, but then you had creepy soccer Helga. Yeah. <laughs> And then the relationship that with Arnold dealing with his older, he doesn't have parents. His parents yeah, are his either dead or, and he's with his grandparents who live in, in the this boarding home. house. Yeah, with all these different people and you meet all these different people and you see all their different lives. Like this show really was beyond like, I, 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 I'm surprised this show's a cartoon, TBH. Like this show could be like, you could tell me that this show's an HBO show and like live action is just like about this kid dealing with his problems, like living with his grandparents and seeing all these different people's sad lives like that's what hey arnold was well it found a way to be deep in a way that we didn't recognize that it was being deep oh not at all i just thought i was like oh yeah arnold has a dope ass room and i wish i had that room like there's so many scenes that if you look back on and you think about where like they're very like emotional jazz arnold looking at the the sunset at in his roof like thinking about a, a situation that just happened like there was a really a lot of intense emotional moments in that show. It really and was. Like, if you don't look back and rewatch some of it, you're just like, oh man, like this show really was heavy. But we just like, we're like, la di da, because it was also very show. entertaining. Yeah, it really was, man. And we just wanted to see if Helga Pataki and, and Arnold would kiss. That's all we wanted to know. <laughs> I, like, will she? Will she like stop being a, a meanie and tell her, tell him his true feelings? Now, I am mad at Nickelodeon because they did tease that they were going to bring Arnold back. and they Just didn't. to finish off that story? Yeah. yeah. But, I'm, but I'm glad they didn't. Like, oh, I, I mean... From everything else we talked about, it seems like when they bring back their popular IPs, they just don't do it the same. Yeah, I guess you're right. And this is one that, like, if you don't tell Hey Arnold the way that we just described, and you try to, like, make it funny for this new generation, it won't work. Speaking of th shows that things that happen after them may stunt where they end up, Kim Possible. Great, great show. Great show. Great show. They're about to ruin it. Oh, yeah, with that live action, but I don't count. At least they're not doing nothing more animated. Like, yeah. I, I get you taking the IP and doing more with it. Do whatever you want. But that doesn't change the fact that I love me some Ron Stoppable Rufus going to freaking... Love me some Kim, the villain. Do you want to talk about villains? Like, Kim had, like, if we say Powerpuff Girls had good villains, Kim had excellent villains. With Draken, Shigo, Monkey Fist. Oh, like, the Scottish oh, uh, golfer. Yeah, I loved them all. Great villains. And, and like the Kim Possible movie when they went out of time. And we got to see her twin brothers grown up. We got to see Wade out of his shell. Like, all that shit was fire. Oh, and the voice actors behind this one are great. Oh, from, uh, Romano from Even Stevens and our boy yeah. Will Friedle. Will Friedle, um, Taj Maori was Wade. Oh yeah, Taj Maori was. 
So shout out, great show, man. What, great trifecta of voice actors right there. What was the Mexican restaurant called? Bueno Nacho. I bueno think. Nacho. I used to want to always eat some Bueno Nacho. You, and then the song. What is that? That freaky thing. Oh yeah, Rufus. Naked mole rat. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. But Kim, great show. It's just. Not and an S tier, and there's it's also it's not. gave a lot of girls in high school their ringtones for text oh, yeah. messages. Facts like this show, really like this show was great for the for uh girls growing up. So, shots can possible. Uh, next one is another Disney one, The Proud Family. In terms of seeing different uh races on television, no show did great for black uh for the black culture and, and people understanding it in terms of like an animated way because we didn't see a lot of animated black families i believe pre-proud family i could say the last animated black cartoon that's not static shock which would, would it be fat albert I, man i really think it might be I, I don't know don't quote me on that ladies and gentlemen i'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not 100. i mean if you're not counting like little bill yeah, I'm not counting Little Bill because that's like a preschool show. I'm talking mm-hmm. like for like kids. Like right now, they have Craig of the Creek. Like, but like I'm like we had Proud Family, but what was before Proud Family? I think it might have been Fat Albert. Besides so the, Static Shock. Besides Static Shock, of course, yeah. But to go from Fat Albert to Proud Family and, and to tell the story in a great way and to include not just bl- black culture, but to have black and brown culture relationships with La Cienega Boulevardez mixing in. It was dope to see Dijonay, Sticky, all the characters, great characters, man. Great show. And this is a show that had adult humor as well. Oscar was telling sex jokes from time to time. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where we got to see a story from a, a perspective that a lot of people didn't get to see, and it almost seemed seamless. Like it, when I was watching that show, I didn't really think about who was any race because they all were just a, such a tight group of friends. It was just like any other show. Yep. It was great. The, all the character dynamics between Zoe, La Cienega, Dijonay, the Sticky, um, the uh, the fa- Penny's the family. family, because you yeah. got to think that Sugar Mama was iconic. Oh, yeah, Sugar Mama was definitely iconic. There ain't no party like a Sugar Mama party because a Sugar Mama party don't stop. And then you had the the, the deadbeat uncle. <laughs> <laughs> that show was great, man. Oh, like, and the babies. Yeah, like the, the twins. And it's funny. You want to know something funny? Everybody's like, bro, why did Jay-Z and Beyonce turn out to be the proud family on the low? Blue Ivy uh, and the two twins. True. <laughs> Remember funny. Wizard Kelly? Magic Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> Wizard Kelly is Magic Johnson, bro. With all his movie theaters and different things. You never see his face. Do you remember the episode where, like, La Cienega had, like, huge feet? Yep. She had <laughs> duck duck feet and Oscar had to come talk to her. And, and mm. I remember how Oscar always thought if he was in high school, if he didn't do one mistake, he'd have been Wizard Kelly. That shit is hilarious to me. Like, he was like, Wizard Kelly had no game. Like all, like all that shit is hilarious, bro. <laughs> Proud family, low key could be S, but like it's A. All right, next is one near and dear to my heart: Star Wars Clone Wars. Super tried to put this in S, but we I couldn't let him. It's an A, solid A. 
great cartoon. Talk it about does it. Ha- it does have its elements where, like, the, the droid episodes are snores. Trash. Trinidad-ash. But some of it does very good Star Wars storytelling, pushing along the narratives in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I, I mean, think that I think that now, if you watch rewatch those movies, if if you watch Clone Wars and then you rewatch Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and watch it kind of like in chronological, you like it more. It's completely different. Like you yeah, have a completely is. different perspective of who Anakin is at that point. And it makes it so much more deeper. It really does. Like, Clone Wars, from everything that it did with Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship, you understand why that last fight is so heartbreaking for Ewan McGregor. Because it's like, he really just lost his brother who he raised. And you see, because in Attack of the Clones, him and Anakin had beef. And then in Revenge of the Sith, they had beef. You never got to see how they grew that, like, true brother, that that brother relationship or that father-son relationship. And that's what... That's what Clone Wars does. You well, get to it also, see. It also makes you feel for Anakin even more when he gets rejected from being on the Jedi Council after all the things that he does in the Clone Wars and all and how much he's trusted and respected. Yeah, to you're be, right. De- to be denied that position at such be- a big time. Because if you just watch the movies, you're just like, oh, why is this brat upset that like he's not on the Jedi Council? But when you watch Clone Wars, you're like, oh, Anakin like really like he was running this. Yeah, like, it was him and Obi-Wan's show. Yeah. So, nah, Clone Wars was great, and you got to meet, like, I think Clone Wars allowed Star Wars to to grow the lore. Like, without Clone Wars, you don't get Dave Filoni. Like, a lot of things that I don't in- think without the success of Clone Wars, we have everything we have. No, I'm with you. Like, Clone Wars set up, like... Things that are happening that happen in Clone Wars are still being talked about in new movies to this day. Like they still have ties. They were all over the panel last weekend talking about Clone Wars. Well, that's also because Clone Wars is coming back. It's getting the final season. They're finishing it up. Which is gonna be great. Do you consider the Tarnakowski movies in this? I hope you say yeah. Yeah. Because that's why I put it at A tier. Like, uh, if, if you didn't consider the Tarnakowski movies, I was definitely making an argument that it should be beat. That those Tarnakowski movies are beautiful. I love those I, things. I would really love it if they take elements from the Tarnakowski and put it in this new season. Because Ooh. if you think about it, Tarnakowski's story told Grievous taking Palpatine to the ship and he did to yeah. the very beginning of the movie. So, like, that's the story that they're about to tell in this new season of The Clone Wars. So I'm hoping they take elements from that story and bring it back. Like, that one scared Jedi that gets destroyed by Grievous, I'd like to see that. Yeah, that would be dope. dope scene. Yeah, no, man. Clone Wars was great. If you're a Star Wars fan, that's a good show for you, Shia. Uh, Next is Scooby-Doo. Iconic. And the reason why Scooby-Doo is not S-tier is because of the failed attempts at, like, Scooby-Doo has Because they beat it to death. Yeah, they did. But, like, if you ask me what's the best Scooby-Doo spinoff after Scooby-Doo, where are you? Oh, I'm telling you, a pup named Scooby-Doo. That shit was amazing. 100%. Like, a pup named Scooby-Doo, I like probably more than Scooby-Doo, where are you, if I'm keeping it a bean. I would 100% agree with you. I think a pup named Scooby-Doo is number one, and then probably the uh, original, the classic. And then What's New Scooby-Doo had some really high moments when it came back. Ooh, you're putting that one there? I was going to put, after the original, I was going to put this, the Scrappy-Doo Adventures where you get Scooby and Scrappy 
and it's and it's in Shaggy and Shaggy with the red uh, shirt where he's with like where Daphne may come, Velma may come, but you never see Fred. No, I didn't like Scrappy, man. Yo, you didn't fuck with Scrappy. I get it. Scrappy, Scrappy got annoying from time to time. Also, the but I did like. But you know, uh, I guess like some of their later movies when they mixed up with like the WWE and like stuff like Trash. that. That was that was kind of what we're giving them down for. But some of their movies were amazing. To me, like, th- what go. you about to say? No, what you gonna say? Because I was gonna say oh. that only that there's one, only one that I will count is the best Scooby Doo movie. The best Scooby Doo movie is Scooby Doo Zombie Island. Yes, when they come to Louisiana and they eating all them them to, them hot peppers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love that. That's the best one. That's one hundred. I mean, it was, it was creepy. It was the only one that actually had like a real ghost. Yeah. Real ghosts. It was every time. Yeah. I mean, after well, I don't know. I thought Cyber Chase was good. You you see, you like Cyber Chase. That's where I was like, ugh. ugh." I thought Cyber Chase was all right. also and loved like, when Scooby Doo would like uh, team up with like Batman and Robin, Magic Johnson and the Lakers, the Harlem Glo- the Globetrotters. Like, yeah, I love that. Uh, Barney Fife. Yep. From Andy Griffith. That's how you uh, Sonny and Cher. That's how you know it was like the the old version. Definitely. Yeah, those those were great. Um, and uh, even though the ones with Scrappy Doo, the Ghoul School. Liked it. I love that. That's Red Shirt Shaggy. Yeah, Red Shirt Shaggy, man. Isn't it funny uh, that there's Green Shirt Shaggy and Red Shirt Shaggy? Hey, I mean, I guess that's kind of like uh, how you distinguish Joe and Steve on Blue's Clues. They had different shirts. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sure enough. So uh, that, that's all I got on Scooby-Doo. Great show. Yeah, next is Batman Beyond. Solid. It can't be S-tier because it's a spinoff of the the best like man and, and, and you know what makes batman beyond even better that that scene at the end of justice league like yes. when, you find, when you find out who terry mcginnis actually is and you're like holy shit i just watched all this with terry mcginnis and bruce and now i find out who terry actually is yo this is wild it's wild and it just makes the show so much better and it gave it it took the Batman idea, and if you love the animated series, and now you're a little older, and you're like, all right, here's something for the new age in the future with, like, this cyberpunk-like aesthetic, and it, it's it's dope. And, and Bruce Timm and Paul Dini did a fantastic job taking new villains like Silk, the Joker gang, um, forgetting the main guy the uh, who kills his dad, who's the... Um, his main oh. villain, who, Derek Powers, whatever Powers' his name is, but dope rogues gallery. And one of my favorite episodes is when you see Terry about to join the new Justice League. And you, and you and, have um, old, old man Superman in there. Yeah, and I think that kind of we could go ahead and tie into the next one too, JLU. There's an episode in JLU with Batman Beyond in it. Yep. And yep. and be known when we say JLU, we're talking about Justice League Unlimited, not Justice League. Justice League was great to, for setting the foundation for our OG characters of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, uh, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, and Hawk Girl. But when they expanded the league, that's when the storytelling got better. 
That's when it was like, all right, we're meeting all these other characters. That's when the the, the show got compelling, and we had these crazy crazy ass arcs of like JLU was doing stuff where the question the question had to figure out who was going to kill the Flash with Lex Luthor like crazy stuff Lex Luthor fused with Brainiac just crazy crazy shit yeah. and like it's amazing like if you go back and watch JLU you'll be like man why can't just the DC movies just hire these animated people just to make these movies like cuz they, exactly. they made phenomenal they made phenomenal stories and like you got great think, arcs you got to think, they took it from Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Static Shock, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and it all flowed in a timeline. And on top of that, you have movies like Mask of the Phantasm, Sub-Zero, Batman versus Superman, uh, all the other shit that ties in, but it flows seamlessly, and you have the swan song of Justice League Unlimited, in which a, what a better send-off to that animated universe than that series uh the one thing i forgot to say about batman beyond shout out to will Friedle, made the a tier twice yep but let's get you on the pod shout out to young will we would love <laughs> to talk to you man i, I want to talk boy meets world batman that's beyond, what i'm about to say from unstoppable like that's, we would love to talk about all of that. Shout out to Will Friedle, man. We uh, are fans. And, and for JLU, JLU was the first time we got to even see some of the characters on screen that some comic book fans never would have thought they would have seen. Yeah, like, you get, you get Booster Japan, Golds, Booster Gold, Green Arrow shit. Yeah, Green Arrow, Black Anything Canary, Black Canary. Yep, you get Huntress. You get the question. You get. All kind of people, man. Like we could, we could list them all for Hawk and Dove, like Fire and Ice. Yeah, like, Hawk and Dove had an episode. Yeah, man. Like it gets like JLU's the sh- the shiznit. Yeah, JLU definitely expanded that DC animated universe, and I don't think we'd be at Young Justice where we are now. And without hopefully, Jim. hopefully, this Harley Quinn one hits, and we get even more new animated series. Yep, one hundred percent. The next one is like a low key hit. Like these, like these are like there's two. This one and another one that y'all are gonna be like, wait, what? Y'all, how y'all putting this in here? And probably a lot of you missed it. It is one of the best cartoons ever. Because it was like if you blinked, you missed the series. Yeah, man. Like, but oh, it, was, it was it was amazing. The Weekenders. Now the Weekenders. This is one that if you didn't have Toon Disney, the only way you could watch this was Saturday mornings, ABC cartoons before recess or after recess, one of those. And, man, the whole premise was the show starts on Friday, these kids get together, and they do their weekend, and then they go to school on Monday. And it's like you get to see what they do for their weekend. And it was just dope for a kid growing up seeing these teens go to the mall, eat Pete. It was just awesome. Great show. Loved it. Yeah, it was very character-driven. You really got behind the storylines. It was kind of like when you were a kid, your introduction to the Degrassi's of the world. Yeah, it was like it was the start of teen life. Like the Weekenders showed you what it was like to hang out with your friends on the weekends without your parents. Like the Weekenders was, much. The, was your first taste of life without your parents. What could it be? What does that look like? Like what yeah. does it look like when you're not at your house with your family? What does it look like when you're outside of your house with your friends in public? What kind of things? Would do we do? do? Yeah. yeah. So stuff like that. I mean, it was a really uh, 
It's a very underrated show. I don't. I just think a lot of people missed it. No, I agree, definitely, and that's why. I, as much as people are gonna be like, "Why you don't have that in A?" We have it in A because this is our list. Maybe you should go check it out. Definitely check it out. I, I don't know where you could find it, but I'm sure you can find I, yeah, it somewhere. I don't, I don't know internet. where you can find that at. But just also, type before, it. Type it into Google. Before you go to the next one, which is iconic, um, I want to show some love to Pepper Ann. I don't know where Pepper Ann would fall, but she was like. If you ask what was that Saturday morning brunch, it was Weekenders, Recess, Fillmore, and Pepper Ann. Pepper Ann was dope. It was this girl, Pepper Ann, and she had a friend. I forget the friend's name who had the beanie on. It was just their adventures. They would eat pizza, do crazy stuff. Just good show. So I just want to shout out Pepper Ann. One of those. All right. shows. I think the slept on Disney shows. This is a hot take. I think, I think the slept on Disney Channel shows are better than the mainstays. Oh, I remember Pepper Ann. Yep. Okay. I think the slept on, like, I think the Pepper Ann, the Fillmore's, the Weekends, the Weekenders, the, the Darkwing Ducks and Gargle, I think they're better than the Mainstays. And the mainstays I think great. they are too, and I don't know why they were hidden. Yeah, they were, it, they were on, like, these paid channels of Toon Disney and on the Saturday morning block on ABC that people really didn't watch. Yeah, I mean, that was, I don't understand why they did it, but I'm hoping that they put all of that on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, same. I would love to see all that on Disney+, Plus, so I can just go through and be a, be a kid for a couple days. Uh, but yeah, so go ahead and say the next one. Next one is a Cartoon Network, relatively newer show, but it hit the culture like none other. It 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 told a story of a boy and his dog, in it, but it had adult themes in it. It, it got fantastical as it could be, but still had a witty humor. We're talking none other than Adventure Time. Yeah, we're baking, making bacon pancakes. Making bacon pancakes. No, man, Adventure Time, and the crazy thing is, it hit me when I'm in high school, about to go to college, and I still watch the hell out of that shit. That's how good it was. Yeah, my big thing with uh, Adventure Time, which I guess, I think it's, you know, great what it did and the story that it told and that's why it's really high up and the reason that I, you couldn't put it at an S tier for me is there's really only certain storylines and certain characters that I care about mm, and I don't like how they ended it no I didn't like how they ended it either I wish we would have explored more in the fin like that whole human stuff like and I know there's a whole episode with it and everything I need to maybe just watch more of that because maybe I missed some of it but like Man, like I, don't, I cared so much about Finn's storyline, and like I didn't yeah. care about some of these other people's. Well, see, like I that's that's what I'm saying. Like you didn't care about some of the other people's. Like the I didn't really like a lot of the nonsensical stuff. I really only cared about episodes where Finn had some big decisions he had to make, or like maybe he was he was with a new love interest, like him in the Fire Queen. Yeah, that was that was good stuff. That was good stuff. Uh, I, I like the Mar- Lich King stuff. I loved Marceline stuff. Same. And then when you find out Marceline and the Ice King have a past. That was great stuff. Like, see, uh, I wanted to know more about Ooh and how it got, went from normal society to apocalypse to. I wanted to know more of that too. Yeah, same. And they set it up to where they were going to tell you, but I feel like the sh- because Cartoon Network like gets things in and out, I feel like Adventure Time had like maybe had garnered a fan base that Cartoon Network didn't expect and kids weren't watching it, but older people were. And like, I just felt like it was, they had to end that. 
as fast. Like, they just had to end it. Yeah, I think they kind of had it so open-ended, and it was such a huge deal that they just needed to do something with it. And I'm, I'm kind of glad they wrapped it up because I feel like if they kept it going, it would have gotten worse. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And at least, and they, they probably they... would have had to change the animation. I would have thought. I, I would think they would have ended up changing the animation. Ooh, and that was one of the best things about it. I know, uh, and I'm surprised that they never did a spinoff for Fiona. Oh, you're talking about uh, Fiona and Cake? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been tight. And I think but that's it... still possible. Yeah, because I I love seeing the the gender swap versions of them. Because I like the, the bubblegum prince and Marceline as the dude. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, I thought that was great stuff, too. I mean, that was another storylines I really would, I I really would watch like out Kate. for and read. Yeah, I like, like Cake. I, I like Cake a lot, I just couldn't remember her name. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I dug Cake a lot. Like, she was hilarious. Uh, the <laughs> next one for me is one that I put on here. It's Gravity Falls. And that came – most people probably didn't see that. It, I think it came on Disney Channel for a little bit, a little bit, and then it, then it moved to XD. But it was pretty much on Disney XD. I caught it. Watch. It's only two seasons, and it's on Hulu. And uh, it's made from the same people who put together Rick and Morty. Crazy. And it's just a kids' version of them doing really crazy stuff. Like it's a, all about. I would say some of it's paranormal. Some of it is about dimensions. Um, it it really kind of uh, it has its kid humor in it, but it also has its adult humor as well, kind of mixed in there for a Disney show, and it's it really tackles some really crazy ideas that you're like, oh man, Disney's really going at it here. Real, I need to I need to check it out, man, because you always talk about how good this show is. I need to just give it a look, especially since the Rick and Morty dudes made it. Yeah, they they had some part they had some part of it. Yeah, they they wrote it. Okay. Or I'm one of the guys wrote wrote it. I'm gonna give it a look see. But the final one in A tier is one that I had to throw in there. It's a '90s classic, Animaniacs, and they're trying to rebring it back. This was back when Steven Spielberg was just doing TV. Amberlynn, like this was like this is my type of show. Variety show. It has pop culture references out the ass, and it's 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 hilarious. They have. They don't. They push the envelope and jokes they can tell. And yes, the show may be dated, but this is why it makes a tier for me. If you're a person of the '90s, if you're 20 years old and up, this show still feels like this, this show feels hilarious, and you can still watch the show. I'm surprised the show is an adult animation at, 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 to a certain extent. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm I'm surprised that they got away with a lot of the stuff that they got away with. Like, but I feel like about, I feel like cartoons did that all the time back then. Want to talk about Johnny Bravo being toxic? Hello, nurse. Hello, nurse. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, but like that's what cartoons used to be. But but they used to make fun of that though. Like Dottie would just like say something to the camera that was witty. Yeah, and then she would do the same to men. She would be like, she would say hello, nurse, to, to sexy men that would walk past her. So yeah. It was, it, it was fair game, but on both sides, like. And in Pinky, like you got to think, Animaniacs spawned Freakazoid. It spawned Pinky in the Brain. Like I, my, one of True. my favorite things was the little girl who would always leave, and the dog would have to go follow her, and, and she would be like, "I love you, I love you, goodbye." Like that shit was hilarious to me. 
I love yeah, where she'd always get into trouble. Yeah, and the dog would always have to go chase after her ass. And then they yeah. had the, the two big hippos, and then they had the freaking three pigeons who were m- mafia guys. Oh, I like the pigeon guys. The pigeons were hilarious. This shit, like, Animaniacs is great. And if you have Netflix, I believe it's it, still on Netflix. It was it was almost kind of like the SNL's variety show of For WWE. cartoons, yeah, it was. Like, 100%. So uh, that that closes out our that's A tier, yeah. So let's so get let's, to S. Let's get to S tier and wrap this and, up. And, yeah, because this is a long episode. So uh, uh, let's not. Okay, I know we spent talk time talking about each one, and some of these S's we've talked about before. Some of them we haven't. For the ones that we have, we're not going to talk about it as much, and you can guess which ones those are. But for the ones that we haven't, we'll give you our thoughts on it. Okay. Well. Let's start with let's start at the back and do regular show. Oh, regular show's great. Regular show to me should have been an adult swim show. Regular show to me If it would have been on adult swim, it probably would have been even better. It, even like, it's still at S tier. Like it is S tier for the fact that where Adventure Time was fantastical, this was set in the real world and it was like real world but with fantastical shit. It's like it's another one of those Rick and Morty type cartoons before Rick and Morty. Like all this was was two stoner college bros who hung out and they were post college or some one of them didn't even go to college. And it like, was almost like a Cartoon Network workaholics. Yeah, and they just did a job at the park and it was about the the shenanigans they got in at the park. And it was so endearing because you cared about every character from Mordecai to Rigby to Skips to Benson to Pops. You loved everybody. Uh, Muscle Man. Muscle Man, that was that high, high, high Five Ghost. Yeah. Like, it was amazing. And then, like, some of the stuff they got away with, like, when they brought in, like, Demons, Megazord, like, they had, like, anything those do. Like, I really felt like the creators were like, all right, how weird can we make it today? And, and it worked. It worked every time. Yeah, and they would do some really weird stuff or say some things that, like, I'm so surprised they got away with. But, like, they just mixed it in there and so ingeniously to that dialogue and it just worked for all i know like that the kids of that generation really loved it and that was a show like that i guess when i was in high school i would only watch two shows on cartoon network and it was adventure time and regular regular show show. yeah that was it like and and i would watch regular show more than adventure time tbh yeah same like I, I really, because I really wanted regular show to go to Adult Swim. Like I, I wanted that more than anything, because I just thought bring it back. They can do swim more, but that's that's one of ours regular show. The next one is a Disney one. We've mentioned this show before, and it was on ABC in the morning. I think what makes this show endearing is kind of what we talked about, Hey Arnold, but it's it's less about the drama. Like, like Hey Arnold was a way more serious show than this, but. What this show did with its characters in every like you knew every character in the in the class on the on the playground and you got to see the different shenanigans and I really felt like watching the show. This is how it was on on, on my playground at school. Like it was like you felt that way. And, and I'm talking about the show none other than Recess. Yeah, really, it really uh, tied in similar to Arnold the idea of tropes. Yeah, like it, this was. We everyone knew these kinds of kids on the playground, and that was the idea of the show. It meant to hit everyone to their core and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I identify with, you know, the 
the actions. Yeah, like I identify with Vince. I identify with um, the older kids that were um, the king of the playground, stuff like that. You know, there was always those kinds of things in your real life. So it was just like going from school or being back uh, on the weekend from school, and then you would see some of the same drama you would get in the schoolyard on TV. It was almost like your first, uh, what, soap opera? I wouldn't say soap opera, though, but, but like no, the first re- like- retelling of, like, what you were going through the- in your real life. Yeah, no, and it was, it was dope, man. And, and one of the things that I thought made it great was, yes, you knew it had those tropes, but the best episodes was when they would take those characters and put them out of those tropes and then see how they react. Like, yeah, make, like, like make Vince have to, like, lose a, a sports match and, like, how does he re- – like, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. Like, take yeah, them, like, out really of the Yeah, really push, uh, push, push them out of comfort zones. Yeah. Exactly. And I really think that their movie was great. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's something with some of these S-tiers. Like, if you're an S-tier and you have a movie, your movie has to be fl- flame. And, that, and re- the Recess movie regular show had a pretty regular show's movie was pretty good. That's what I'm saying. Like Just throwing it back. S tier has good movies, man. Uh, Recess, the Christmas one, is really great, too. So, shout out to Recess. The only Disney Channel S tier. Well, that's not true. It's not the only one. We do have one later on the show, but that's me jumping ahead. Let's get to our next one, which is a Cartoon Network classic. This is one that I feel Cartoon Network, where Recess kind of told you what you felt on the schoolyard was real. And like what you could relate to, this is what you wanted the schoolyard to be like. This is what you wanted, like you wanted your after school life to be like this. And everybody wanted a treehouse like this. And with that being said, you guys should know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Codename Kids Next Door. Codename Kids Next Door just had so many crazy, cool elements to it. Like it, it was its, it was a spy thriller. Yeah, like it was almost like a CIA. Underground government operated kids network of spies, and then the uh, the, the villains, man. Like, yeah, I mean, in a sense, it was like a superhero show where it had its villains and villain matchups. Uh, it would parody other shows. That my favorite episode is this one where they do the Star Wars stuff at the school where they're battling ooh. the teenagers. Yep, and then you have um, Agent Three Sixty Nine or Zero. Whichever he is, before he switches to the teenager side. Yeah, yeah. Riding in the ship. Or he might have been a teenager at that time. I forget. But, nah, man. This show, everything about this show. And you want to talk about something that has been consistent through this conversation. If if the show has villains, the lead, the quality of them. I mean, this has father. This has the, the dude with the buffalo head and then the walrus thing. You had the, the, the lunch children. Lady. You had the, the dastardly children who was father's children. You had um, you had the uh, mucus, the mu- the sick one. You had um, the, I said the lunch lady. They they had so freaking many, man. You had the the, I mean, ice the teenagers cream. are villains in themselves. Yep, the teenagers and the number five sister. Like every 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 um one of the uh, I guess every one of the main code name kids next door. They had like their respective villain, like. Number one was with father. They had Sticky Beard, who was a number like I think a number four or number two villain. You had Night Brace. 
Like the the, the freaking you had Mr. Boss, who was like the the daddy. That all that all that stuff was hilarious, man. And and it was just a good good show. I'm trying to like you have the delightful children. Like you it, did, it was another good show that did a really good job of building its own world. It yeah. Kind of, you know, gave us this idea that there were networks of children across the world that all were connected through these tree houses and it extended into space. Count uh, Spankula. Some, Count Spankula was another one. Yeah, that was a good. And uh, the crazy vehicles and weapons the vehicles that they would have. Made out of like household items. Yeah. It was just everything you like. Like I said, recess is what. Like weekenders is what you aspire to be as a teen. Recess was what you what you thought your school actually was. Codename Kids Next Door is what you wanted your school to be. Yeah, I could agree with that. I definitely would um, would have wanted to live that Codename Kids Next Door lifestyle. And, we, and you want to talk about a, a, a good movie? Man, the movie where you Woo. meet grandfather and you find out that number one's dad was like. Zero, eight, no, number one's dad was zero. Yeah. And him and father are brothers, and that means that number one is, is related to the da- da- like the, the children from children down the lane. Really. That's yeah. crazy, man. Like, I forgot all about that. I'm looking at, like, the, the big character twist. list. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the character list, and I'm like, holy shit. And then you have, like, I remember the Mega Mom and the Destructo. Like, they had so many, like, so many villains. Yeah, they they had they had a lot of villains, um, but for me, it always it always was the still kids? comes back to the kids, and you know I was really kind of invested, especially in the five that we knew, uh, their relationships, um, in and out of the treehouse. Uh, <laughs> Bro, talk about relationships. Number two's brother Tommy Gilligan, when he wanted to be a kid next door property, but he was the secret detective. Yes. Oh, I love. And then number eighty six. Oh, I don't remember eighty six. She was the girl who had that Irish lassie, and she was like, oh, she was always oh. moon base. And then Chad Dixon, he was two seventy four. That was the one who became a teenager. Chad Dixon. Yep. Oh man, all the numbers were. Amazing. Who's your favorite number out of one, two, three, four, five? Um, when I was a kid, it was number four. But okay. now I'd probably say number two. Interesting. Mine was always number one. I love number one, man. And, oh, yeah. and, I, and I love number five, too, because she was kind of badass. Yeah, number it, five was badass. I feel like the in the hierarchy of the team, it was number one, number five, number two, two number yeah. three, number four. Oh, wait, you would put number three above four? Nah, bro, number three was last. I feel like in the in the circle of trust is what I mean. You think? Yeah, I feel like they'd be. I feel like they'd leave him out of some stuff just because he was a hothead. Damn, but number three did have control of that robot bunny. That that she did. And I loved how when they brought in the moon base, you're right. When they brought in all the different bit, like the ice prison planet, the ice would, prison, they, yeah, where they, where they would bring the 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 adults, like, bruh, how was this going? On? Like. The yeah, they would just crazy. have they would just have all these things either built into something, and it would just be all so elaborate that the society of kids just had like this ice prison, this 
Like they had World e- Galactic Headquarters. They had the Egypt. Like every tree. Like every country had a tree. Like it was pretty much every city had a treehouse. Yeah. Like it was in. Like I'm looking at like all the different numbers and I'm seeing like we could talk about this forever. Like you remember the underwater submarine numbers? Yeah. Like they crazy man. Like they had they, such a good show. This is Cartoon Networks for sure. S tier show. Like one hundred. Like regular show is like the. The, the comedy, but in terms of, like, uh, uh, like they don't make shows like this anymore. No, they really don't. This I, was a true action show that was not a superhero show. Yeah, I mean, we could argue that it, it wasn't a superhero show, no. But, I mean, you could argue that it was uh, all, some very similar vein. Yeah, it had some similar tropes, for sure. What we got next, Shuby? The next one is a classic, Looney Tunes. Look. We, me and Schubert went back and forth. Should we put Scooby-Doo at the, the S tier? And we were like, the spinoffs aren't great. And I know y'all are going to hit us with, bruh, but what about them trash Looney Tunes spinoffs? I'll say this. The one where Bugs and Daffy live in the same house, they had some passable episodes. And I'm not going to hold that against them because that's a different show. Wait, yeah, that's, that was show wasn't bad at all. It wasn't. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't bad. I, I've never really watched like bad Looney Tunes stuff. Like even the Tiny Tunes was pretty good. The Tiny Tune Adventures are great. Like, that's what I'm saying, like, in Space Jam, like, everything about Looney Tunes is great, and unlike now, Tommy... Now, maybe, like, Looney Tunes back in action. Mm-hmm. With Brendan Fraser, but that's a movie. And, and like you said, S-tier has to have great movies, plural, and I think Looney Tunes has the Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Adventure, which is a great movie, and also Space Jam. Like, you cannot count out Space Jam. Oh, uh, yeah, Space Jam's huge, and it's coming back. Yep, and it's coming back. What's some of your memorable Looney Tunes, uh, I guess, moments, if you remember? Because um, I my, some. my aunt was a really big fan of Gossamer, which okay. I don't know if you remember who Gossamer is. He's the, the big red guy. Oh, yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with he's the a monster. Yeah. yeah. So I always remember his episodes. Uh, I was obsessed with this one little, uh, I guess, play area in a in a shopping center in the mall in and in birmingham where you could go into it and it was like a replica duck dodgers uh, rocket and you could that's like, dope yeah and you could like play it would play scenes from the show or whatever and you could press buttons and simulate a launch that's ill see yeah. that's one that i was deaf that's one that always sticks out in my head duck dodgers of the 21st and a half century like, uh, Mar- Marvin the Martian, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Duck Dodgers, I mean, it stemmed off and made its own thing, which also was not a bad TV show. Nope, not at all. And I, I also love episodes where Bugs and Daffy, well, for example, when they're doing their things, but I also like when Bugs and Daffy aren't rivals, where they're friends and they go to Albuquerque, or they're trying to go to Albuquerque, and he always misses it and takes the wrong left. Like, for example, I think when they're, when they try to go into the cave of, 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 well, Looney Tunes Cave of Wonders, and they're trying to get past this guard, and, like, that was a great episode. I think the episode where Daffy is stuck in, like, he realizes he's in a cartoon, and Bugs is, like, drawing it. Yes. Great episode. I mean, all the Bugs stuff is great, like. Well, I mean, you could even, but you're, you know, we're talking about the essential characters, but you have the Sylvester Tweety, which is basically Tom and Jerry. Yep, and I was gonna say Roadrunner. Uh, I like Roadrunner Coyote a lot. And I was gonna say Speedy Gonzalez. Uh, yep, and then and, and lo and behold, 
I like Foghorn Leghorn, dog. When him and the, the little, Why not? little him and the little brown chicken are getting into their shit with the dog. Now I say, I say, <laughs> that's just listen hilarious. here, boy. Like, and then Yosemite Sam, him and Elmer Fudd, their shit, <coughs> and then Tasmanian Devil, who people don't give a lot of Pepe credit. Pepe Le Pew, man. Mm-mm. Pepe had some good episodes. Yeah, Pepe was a. Uh... Johnny Bravo before Johnny Bravo. Like Looney Tunes, really, the difference between it and Tom and Jerry is each care like for everything that Bugs had, which was great, you have Daffy, and everything that Daffy had, you have Sylvester, and then it just keeps going down and down. Like we didn't even mention a single Porky Pig episode, and, uh, and that's all, folks. Is like one of the most iconic things ever. Yeah, that's all, folks. Is iconic. I just can't really remember too many Porky Pig episodes most of the porky stuff i remember it's usually him and daffy i think i like porky the best when he's with daffy like he was with daffy with duck dodgers he had some daffy construction stuff also i like the hello my baby hello my darling hello my hard time girl the frog that's the was frog a- he has a name i can't remember it though no i can't remember it either he Shit. just put i just know he puts on that hat and starts singing yeah it's a weird and- name and I think one of my all-time favorite Bugs episodes has to be when he's with Elmer Fudd, and it's the dun 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 dun, dun and it's the opera, and he fucking is the barber of C'est La Vie, or, or the barber of Seville, and he's on top of his head doing the... Oh, I love that episode. When he scrubs it, and he ends up... Oh, man. That is a great episode of Looney Tunes. We, we can continue talking about Looney Tunes forever, and that's why it's S-tier. And that's why Definitely. Tom and Jerry is not S-tier. Let's get to our controversial S tier now. Yeah, this is our controversial one. This is the one that's like, you guys are going to be like, what's this show? But like, when I told Schubert I love this show, and he was like, whoa, you like that show too? There was no way we weren't putting this at S tier. And this show got canceled. Yeah, uh, this show is Fillmore, another one of those Saturday morning Disney cartoons. I can make the argument that this is the best Disney cartoon. It takes what you like from Kim Possible, but it doesn't, instead of like focusing on the comedy, it 100% focused, it was a procedural show. It focused on the action in solving a mystery. This was a 100% detective show in, in the form of Fillmore's this hall monitor who used to be a delinquent, and you have to see how he changed his life. Shout out to Orlando Brown, man, because he voiced a lot of, uh, like he voiced Sticky and the Proud Family. He votes Fillmore, and that dude is wilding now in these streets. <laughs> yeah, he's wilding now. <laughs> but, man, did he make some good shows. For sure. Um, yeah, man, Fillmore being a procedural, the first procedural show, pretty much all of our introductions as children into the procedural drama world, I think that that was just such a cool concept of an idea for a kid's show. It works because, so well. Because, I mean... I feel like the essential TV show nowadays that if you're a network, if you can get a procedural crime show going, then you're golden. Mm-hmm. And like this, this was it. And it's not only had good episodes by itself, you know, within the, with, you know, within its own story each episode, but it also carried over through plot lines, especially learning each more about Fillmore's past. Yeah. Of him when he was a delinquent. So you kind of really got to see his full – things come full circle for him, like things that – in his past that came back to bite him. And or, you understand why he's such a good detective. It's due to that past. 
Yeah, exactly. Not only his connections to knowing some of the, the criminals around town, but being able to think like one. And it's crazy you say around town is just in the school. <laughs> but that's well, how yeah. big the show felt. Cause he, but, like, you gotta think, but I mean, like, you know, there's the, ep- there's the episodes where he has to go back to his old school. Yeah, true. True, true, true. To do some digging. No, you're right. It, and it's it's it just works. Like, out of all the shows we name, like, where Kid Next Door is fantastical stuff, this is taking the idea of cop, secu- like, detective. Hall monitors. And, and putting it into, like, the most like dope frame like as he's a hall monitor like hall monitors don't do shit in school but like seeing Fillmore made me want to be a hall monitor yeah i mean it made that uh that orange sash seem like a a a uniform yeah man and and i straight up for definitely one year of my life in, in elementary school wore the black shades for like three days when i was trying to be a hall monitor then i found out oh we're not solving crimes let me not do this. <laughs> I mean, if what crimes would there have been to solve? I don't know, man. Like, somebody stole some kid's lollipop on the playground. That was a crime. And I told now, this last week, and it's funny I said this last week, but I had a codename Kids Next Door incident. When, uh, remember when I told, you, told the pod about how that coach attacked us? No. Did I not tell this on this pod? Who did no, I, tell- I don't think so. Did I tell that on the main? I, I told that to Brooklyn. Look, straight up, I had a Fillmore Codes Next Door experience in my life. In fourth grade, Schubert, listen how crazy this is. I have to tell this story at least once a year to make sure I'm not going crazy. And I tell this to people who've experienced it so they can think it, that, like, if they remember it, I know it's, it, it, like, as long as, as long as two people remember this, this event, like, clearly, I know it actually happened because it's crazy to me. Like, thinking, at, thinking back at, on this as a 25-year-old adult, Thinking about what happened to me in fourth grade and happened to our class is absolutely insane. And mind you, we're watching Codename Kids Next Door at this time, so it's absolutely insane. But in fourth grade, my PE teacher straight up lost his shit because he didn't take his medicine and straight up started beating up kids. Like, picked up bats, like, was swinging bats at niggas, was taking, like, the smallest kid and stacking the fat kid on top of him, and was stacking fatter kids on top of him, and just, like, putting his foot on them and smashing us down, hanging short kids by their hands on the basketball rims until they fell, throwing balls at, like, shoot, we went to war with him, but as soon as the bell rang, went to class and nothing acted like it happened i swear to fucking god bro like straight up codename kids next door fighting our pe teacher oh my gosh and then like the bell rang and you guys just acted like nothing happened he straight up just became normal again like and we were like what do we do and like that whole day i remember being a fourth grader and being like do i tell my mom about this and like i did and like some kids left and then I was supposed to go to another school, but then, like, they paid for my rest of my tuition because my mom was, like, and because, and like, I was around, going around school being, like, oh, yeah, I'm about to leave. This nigga going to get fired. I was just being that kid. Like, I was just, like, ah, we got y'all. Y'all in trouble. This is going to be my school, nigga. Like, I was just being that guy and, like, didn't get to leave that school and had to stay there. And it was just wild. And, like. I, I'll never forget that as long as I live, bro. He straight up started fighting us, and as soon as the bell rang, it was like nothing ever happened. And nobody got hurt. No, a kid broke her. One girl broke her arm. She broke. He he broke her arm straight oh up. Oh my god. <laughs> and like it was a private school. It was a hush hush situation. Found out the nigga didn't take his medicine that day. 
Like, oh my god! <laughs> I'm, I, I keep thinking like the the ringing bell has like some kind of trigger for him. Like he was he had completely lost it or whatever, and then like that bell rang and he was like, "Oh, back what, to what happened? Did I did I black out?" <laughs> Schubert, I swear, the next class came in, the fifth graders came in, and they just played kickball like it was everything was normal. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but sorry for the detour. That just reminded me of Fillmore and Codenames Kids Next Door and how that actually happened in real life. Fighting teachers and junk. It, like, like, I, bro, I know it sounds unbelievable, but if you ask anyone who was at, I'm not going to say the school name on the pod, but if you ask anybody who's in my fourth grade class, they will definitely, like, Jesse Slater, for example. Shout out to my homie. Shout out to my guy. That was, that's been my friend since we were three years old, and he was one of the kids that got hung on by the goal. And he can tell you, we were trying to throw balls at him. We were trying to do whatever we can to to, to fight this dude off. Oh, my gosh. Like, did you guys, like, try and run? Yeah, for a little bit, but he would catch us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're fourth graders. And then we couldn't leave the girls because the girls started crying. Oh, my God. So it was, so it was the boys trying to defend the girls. And sometimes you don't think this really happens. <laughs> yeah, like, like Schubert, it's so unbelievable. That, like, I have to just check with other people who were in that school just to make sure I can, like, just to make sure I didn't make this up as a child. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> like it is insane. Like, and after watching that show, after like that's that's another reason why I fell in love with Codename Kids Next Door because it's just like I went through that. <laughs> I was fighting teachers. <laughs> like real shit. Like I got PTSD from that. From that. Facts. No, you. It's absolutely true. We, we went to war that day. <laughs> we did. Oh but my gosh. let's get to our final two and let's end this pod because as of now, you guys, if you've listened to this pod, if you heard our C tier talk about Cora then you should know what one of them is. And if you heard any of our talks about Batman Beyond in jail, you, and if you just know from me and Schubert's earlier episodes, then you should know what these last two are. The first one is Batman, the animated series. And the second one is the best American anime of all time, which is Avatar, the last airbender, which one you want to talk about first. Uh, let's talk about Batman. I mean, what more can we say? Like, the best comic book show of all time. Rewatchability is at an all-time high. This is a show that, like, if if I'm in, like, a bad mood, I can turn it in, I get back in that good vibes. If I need to go to sleep, I can put it on it, easy. This show has, you want to talk about good movies, this show has arguably, and, and, and when I say this, don't don't get it twisted, I love The Dark Knight. But this show arguably has the best Batman theatrical release of all time, of all time, with Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And you can make a case that Batman Sub-Zero is just as good, if, if not just a little bit, a little bit not as good. Like, I love Sub-Zero. Uh, what are you trying to... I, I'm not arguing with you, man. I think... That all those movies are great. Uh, the one thing that I would say about Batman the Animated Series that where we said for a lot of series that as they progressed, they didn't improve. Batman just 
ended up telling you more and more stories. There was just so many stories that they had to tell that it just never got stale. And then, like, you think they would suffer after a complete animation switch and change, but no, it's the same show. It just feels like, oh, our characters grew up. Like, yeah, exactly. Seeing, seeing Nightwing, seeing Batgirl, having a new Robin with Tim Drake, like, like it, it just worked, man. And, and and then you get the best crossover, arguably of all time, for Batman and Superman when you bring in Mark Hamill's Joker with Superman the animated series as Lex Luthor. You have Batman falling in love with Lois Lane. Like, oh my gosh, that that is a, that's this, and it's a and, a, and, and it's a testament. You don't have JLU, you don't have Batman Beyond, you don't have any of these movies, you don't have Static Shock unless this series works. I don't think you have Spider-Man the Animated Series unless this works. I don't know if you have Dark Knight. Like, Batman the Animated Series, like, can we not, like, call a spade a spade? Batman the Animated Series created a character that now is one of the most popular characters of all time in DC history. People think Harley Quinn has been around. No, Harley Quinn has not been around since but the 90s. Like, she is, she was made specifically for that show. That's how good this damn show is. And let's not act like, oh, yes, you know Mark Hamill for Luke Skywalker, but I can guarantee if you ask somebody what they know Mark Hamill for, some people might say the Joker. Uh, I don't know. I think most people would say Star Wars. Uh, but... If, I, I think the, the the surprising thing for most people is finding out, and it, this is less so now, but I think like as people started uh, looking back on these old shows, that Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker. I think that that kind of just adds even just a more bit of credibility to the whole thing. Arguably the best Joker. Arguably the best Joker, yes. Uh, I think a lot of people's image of the Joker or anything that has to do with the Batman IP comes, oh, it comes from, from this, this series. Show. Yeah, 100%. This show was comics for a generation of kids who didn't, who maybe didn't read comics. Like, this show is what made... Honestly, I didn't read comics until I grew up. This show was my comics. This show is what gave me my foundation for DC lore. Like, it was this show in what Bruce Timm and Paul Dini and Dwayne McDuffie did. Those guys are legends and iconic to me. And there's no way the show is not going to be S-tier. There's no way. It had to be. I mean, it's one of the greatest animated shows of all shows time. ever. I mean, I wouldn't call it a, you wouldn't even call it a children's show. I mean, just in general, uh, on par with uh, anything that you want to throw out in adult animation and want to talk about lessons, like taught lessons. Like it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to go fight this villain. Like, yeah, they had those episodes, but it taught lessons. And the fact that it fused old time Casablanca detective, old early noir, noir. movies with a futuristic type. Because like you think that like, oh, some of the stuff is futuristic, but then you find out they don't get lasers until justice. Like it's crazy, man. Like it. I can't say much more about this because it, it's just I got to give props to Bruce Timm, Paul Dini, and Dwayne McDuffie for what they created f from the Batman the Animated Series and just the universe we got. Thank you. Well, the, the I, fact I don't that, think we'll ever that some of the, the all-time greatest episodes don't even have Batman in them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, what, like the one with all the villains? Mm, oh, my God. When they're telling the stories? Yes, and, and then the, the POV the one. 
Yeah, the POV one with the kids. Hell yeah. Or the episode where freaking, uh, hold on. Um, speaking on that, the episode where Batman goes to court and the, and the Joker's the, the judge. Yeah. And have, like, that great episode. Or, oh, man, there's so freaking many. Like, it, it, the episodes with Mr. Freeze always hit. The episodes with Two, like, the, the, you see the transformation of Two-Face and Harvey Dent into Two-Face. And then you, you feel that relationship. Whereas the Dark Knight, you... Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne weren't friends. You, in this show, you truly see the relationship in Harvey Dent and why it hurts Bruce every time he has to go out and stop him because he he sees him as Harvey, who's his friend. Like this show just does so much on so many. The the the, the, the depiction of Poison Ivy, like amazing. The depiction of when Harley gets fed up with Joker and starts hanging out with Poison Ivy and their relationships, crazy. Like. All the characters you meet in this, you meet Jonah Hex, you meet Superman, you meet uh, Flash, you meet all these these DC centerfolds, and it's just like, it, it's beautiful, man. It really is. This, this it, There's nothing more I can say about this. It's great. The, the best the best superhero. Show ever. Yeah, for show sure. Show ever. Definitely. But, so let's go talk about Avatar now. Um Avatar is probably one of the only ones on here that I would say has... A beginning and an end, perfectly yeah. wrapped, perfectly wrapped up. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent, and that's why I can't. That's why Corin, this is two different shows for me, because when I think of Avatar: The Last Airbender, I'm thinking of Aang in the game. Like I'm not thinking of like you got to like for me to like Corin, you got to sell me on horror. You can't sell me on. Stuff that I used to love because then I'm going to just be like, why didn't you give me adult Avatar the series? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's wh- that's why my prop because this show made you not only want to know about the past, it made you want to know about how, how these people progress. Like, when you think of the final episode after they beat the Fire, fire Lord, it's like, OK, you beat him. But it's, it's the thing we said about the Mandalorian, about the Mandalorian. How does this world look after a war, like a, a, a 50 years worth of war, maybe more? And it's like, I, that's that's my main thing. Like, I just, I wish we could have got to see that. I mean, that's yeah, a, that's, a, that's a time period I really like to explore because in, in another sense, you know, in a world where for 100 years they had never had an avatar, how does it feel for there to be one being that reigns supreme? And it's, and it's at peace. And now Zuko has to try to repair nations. What happens with the water tribes? How do the Earth Kingdoms respond? What happens to Ba Sing Se? Like, there's, you have the whole Azula stuff, like, because she's still alive. We don't know about Zuko's mother. There was so much that, like, you could have explored on. But let's talk about why this show is great. This show takes you through four different books, and, it, and, it, and you see these kids grow up and beco- live out their destinies that they're supposed to. And each one matters. And you you see enemies turn to friends, friends turn to enemies. You see betrayal. You see lessons. This show has this is the most anime like show on the list. This is American anime at its finest. Yeah, I mean it, that's why it is anime. It is the most iconic and OG. Um, well, I wouldn't say OG, but the most iconic American anime. Mm-hmm. And and it 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 
it seems like a, a normal anime, just a hundred percent American English. I'm, it it still has that same feel. The animation, of course, is a little bit different. Uh, and sometimes I even forget that this show is on Nickelodeon. Exactly, like Nickelodeon hit the the gold mine when they when they put this show out because this show feels like it could be on on Toonami. This show feels like it should have been on Cartoon Network. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, uh, I mean, could you imagine if the, if someone would have gotten a hold of it later on and it would have ended up being like a Netflix series or. Uh, maybe FX grabbed onto it and they could have done a little bit more. Oh, I would yeah. have loved to have seen it have gone even Shit. darker. Shoot, but I'm, I'm just like, to that point, even even like from everything we've said, I would have loved to see Cartoon Network get... I just, I picture the show on Toonami being so different, but still the same. Just like more dark, like getting into things that Nickelodeon wouldn't have let it get into. More bloodbenders. Yeah, man. Like in this, like ev- this show, I remember so well. Like, yeah, like you, you may miss some of the smaller episodes, but some of the mainstays you never forget. Like when Zoot, like, and for example, this is an episode where you don't even see much bending or much action, but it, it's so powerful for the character development. When you have Zuko, May, Ty Lee, and Azula go to the the uh, beach where Zuko and Azula used to go as kids, and you have that whole beach moment between the fire crew. That's an episode that's beautiful. Yeah. Or when when uh or when Sokka learns how to be a swordsman from his master, like a great episode. All uh, the episode where you find out about I- where Iroh and uh, Zuko have their moment, where it's like they're finally becoming close, and b- before Bossing Say happens. Great moments like this. This show in the the, the it, movie, it found, it found a way to make the travel day episodes important. Yeah, it really like did. If if we weren't pe- pre- pushing along the story of Aang training and learning, we were finding a way to explore some kind of change in our characters to progress them in some in some sense. Whether it was. Sokka, Katara, or Aang, or what was the the, the other girl's name? Toph? Yeah. I want to say Trough, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> no, Toph. yeah, it's so Toph. But this show does what, what anime did in the sense of, when you watch an anime, it's usually how does the protagonist ha- affect the world, and then, oh no, how does the world affect the protagonist, and then how do we see the protagonist respond to that effect of the world? With One Piece, I, I like to say it's how does the how does Luffy affect the world and the world respond? And with this, it kind of has that One Piece thing, but to a whole nother level. It's like, what does Aang and the gang do? We see how the world responds, and then we see how Aang and the world responds. And like, I, that's what I really love about this because not only do you see it from Aang's perspective, but you see it from how different people throughout this entire nation feel about this war. We even got it to where we saw about the people in the swamp. Like, we saw it from every perspective, and that's what made this show so great. Yeah, the effects of oh, tyranny, in a sense, war. Yeah. Uh, how it affects, you know, entire different, well, in different communities. Um, him trying to grapple all that and be, what, 180 years? Oh, too late. Too late. Yep, and then dealing with the fact that 
everybody expected you to be here. Everybody that you knew is now old. And on top of this, you have to try to be the savior that everybody expects you to be. And then when you and then when you get to your savior as a child. moment, as, yeah, as a child, and then when you get to the savior moment, you you remember everything that you've been taught up to this point, and it goes against your moral compass to do what you have to do, but you find a way around it and do it your way. Beautiful, beautiful story. Yeah, I recommend people go check that out in its entirety because I yeah. know a lot of people would watch it, and I feel like Nickelodeon like put it on the down low for a little while or something because I just remember like there were for book three or something it was hard to see like i i'm pretty sure the way i ended up finishing the avatar uh story was um i think i watched like the first two books when it was going on nickelodeon and then i think it like trailed off or something or i just lost track of it and then i caught it back on uh teen nick real see i was the only reason why i was up to date is because my little brother like I, having a little brother kind of helped with that but it did trail off a of Nick for a little bit, and then like it picked back it picked up. Picked back up, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I was like, it, it came off for a little while. But that's because they had to. It, there was, I think, there was like a lapse in season between book two and book three. I think, yeah, maybe they had to like create some more or something. Yeah, and they had in like, I definitely between book three and book four, there was at least a year, I believe, because they had to figure out how Aang, like the ending of how Aang was going to take out the Fire Lord. Because I remember one creator wanted him to just do it, but then the the main writer was like, I don't know if that's Aang, and we have to figure out his way to do it. True. Well, but, they did a good job. No, they definitely did. But that's our tier list, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to run it through because that's a, that's, a uh, that's a long list. We will post a picture of our tier list on our Twitters so you guys can comment on them. If you think... Our tier lists are messed up. Tell us what you would have on your tier list. We want to know. If you think you agree with our tier list, we also want to know. If you think we're just absolutely batshit crazy, we also want to know. Whatever it is, we want to start this conversation and know what do you think are the best cartoons in terms of these tier lists. Or if, yeah, if or you have a tier list that you want to post, post it and we'd love to comment on give it, some yeah. comments on it. Yeah, Facts, 100%. But yeah, that wraps things up here for episode 37 of Bros Who Binge Podcast. We went through a lot today, and next week we're going to give you some even more Game of Thrones. Yeah, so we I'm definitely gonna, pumped about that. This episode was jam-packed with Game of Thrones in this tier list conversation. But guess what's also next week? Ooh! It's, is Avengers. It, 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 is it really? Is next week really in-game? Yes. Next week is in game. Oh, should we tell the people about where we're premiering next week then? Sure. Uh, <laughs> we are going to do what? The five word or less, yeah. Five word or less review of Endgame. And if you're going to be out in New Orleans, you might see us out there and we'll, and we'll be uh, sticking a mic in your face. And, Five yes, words or less. It's not our reviews. We're getting it straight from the people. Yeah, we're still going to do our reviews in the episode, but we want to get your takes on what you guys think. We want to build our community. We want to like build the fandom, get, get all the bingers together, and we want to really build this community out. So we're going to get out and start talking to the people. We're going to get out to New Orleans, going to get out to BR, going to get out to Laffey, might even show up in Houston, Dallas, show up in y'all cities. 
and show love. And then we're going to ask you guys the question of five words or less. What you think about this movie? We'll be posting it on Twitter as well as it'll be in the podcast and YouTube. But this is just a way for us to like get get in touch with you guys and show you like this. We're building a family here, man. We're the bingers. Like we want you guys to be with us. So like we're excited for this. And what better way to start it than with Avengers Endgame? Yeah, probably one of the most iconic movies to come out this year. The huge, I think this is going to bust box office numbers in an insane way, maybe even more so than Avatar. You think it does too, Billy? I think so. <laughs> two Billy is a lot. That is a lot of money. Holy crap. For that movie, like... But I mean, shit. I could. I mean, I mean, one bit, one billion for Captain Marvel, and I don't even think the entire fan base went to see it. You're right, and everybody and their grandmama go and see this. Yeah. Even if, like, if you multiple one, times. Yeah. Like, I, you know, let's say the whole fan base went to see Captain Marvel, and that was a billion. Well, the whole fan base is going to go see Avengers Endgame, and then go see it again. Yeah, no, look, I have to go see it. Like, I'm going to see it with you Thursday, and immediately the next day I have to go see it with my girlfriend. Exactly. Because she, she was like, oh, so you're going with Schubert, but you can't go with me? Multiple like, viewings. God, I got to go the next day, man. And I'm going to have to go with my dad and my brother, too, at some point. So, like, that's three from just Lynn. Adding adding to that box office money. 100%. But, yeah, man. You're, you're contributing to the Marvels and all those people out there. Call us DC homers. Yeah, man, we we're out, we're, out here contributing contributing to Marvel. We're just fans of good content. That's all. That's it. We like, That's we like it. it all. We like it it's, all. Baby. It's simple. One hundred percent. But you know what I was upset about? Just in closing, why didn't HBO give us a new Watchmen trailer before Game of Thrones started? They gave us a new trailer for everything but Watchmen. I don't know. Maybe they're. Uh, maybe they're not ready to do that yet or maybe Bro, they just want to uh, just wait for it what do we got like two months i don't even know we don't know when the release date is we just assume June. we assume it's after game of thrones oh shoot maybe like, it's pushed back I, I bro don't don't say that i'm i hope it's directly after game of thrones because like as much as i'm hyped to know about what game of thrones ends and everything i'm so like like my anticipation for watchmen is through the roof like I think that might be my most anticipated show of 2019. That's not for real. Named, that's not named My Hero Academia season four. Like 100. percent Interesting. Like I'm so like whether or not it's good or not, I don't know. But I'm just so excited to see HBO finally step into the superhero game. And not on top of that, they're doing Watchmen, but they're doing their own take on like, bro. I, I gotta watch it. Like even if it's good or not. Like I just I'm that. Like, that's the anticipation level. Like, I just want to see what it looks like. And so as you say it in this recording of this podcast, it'll probably come out the day we release it. Oh, my gosh, bruh. Probably so. That's all that we got here, London. Be on the lookout for next week's Bros Who Binge podcast. And look, go make sure you go back. And if you've seen Shazam, go find the Shazam review. If you've seen us, go back to the us review. And um, we look forward to bringing you the Avengers review next week. Yeah, 100%. And get you guys' thoughts on the, the Avengers. Exactly. So that's been it for episode 37 of the Bros Who Binge podcast. 
I hope everyone out there has a great weekend and keep binging.